Chomp Cast, the official podcast, Sword Chomp. You know, life is precious and your time is valuable. So thank you for making our show a part of your day. Hopefully we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. The Chompcast gives you double life experience points. It's true. Every show is streaming and downloadable at swordchomp.com, where you can find our reviews, our merchandise, our Patreon, all sorts of good stuff. And, of course, you know, subscribe wherever you listen to the show, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Leave us a kind five-star rating if you're on iTunes. really helps us get the uh, Sword Chomp name out there. Oh, we have a we have a great show today. Been gone. Uh, took a week off, and we are back and recharged for the craziness that is the fall here. Um, you know, guys, I was gonna tell. I had several large uh, barn spiders over the past few months living happily up in the corners of my porch up near the roof. Um, they're not roof spiders; they're barn spiders, apparently. Um, all manner of objects. Uh, but my family sort of developed this fascination with them because. They built these really large webs like right above our doorway. So every time we wanted to leave the house or, or enter the house, we always were constantly reminded of these like gigantic spiders, um, even though, you know, they're mostly harmless and, and good for the environment and everything. So we sort of like, you know, grew a, a little bit of an affection for them, a creepy affection, if you will. Um, but there was an eerie scene um, when uh, I left my house. It was just a couple days ago. And... There was a heavy snow that had fallen all over my porch, and all the spiders had froze and died um, in their webs, and they'd been dead for several days, it appeared. And then one day, all their carcasses just fell at the same time. It was very strange. There wasn't, like, any, like, intense wind or anything. They all just fell uh, from their webs down into the snow banks that were sort of, like, on my porch, and it created these, like, creepy little holes. Like, you had this really smooth like snow drift across my porch and then there was like these little holes peppered throughout and it was really creepy. I looked in there, I was like, yeah, sure enough, there's these dead spiders and they all just sort of um and their bodies just sort of torpedoed into the snow like little bombs. It was it was really eerie. But the next day the snow melted and my kids were kind of looking at them like, "Dad, look at these giant dead spiders on our porch. They're huge and creepy." Um which is all true. But I was thinking, like, why is the spider creepy? You know, what is it about nature's character designer, if you will, that makes spiders so terrifying to so many people? Um, so I started looking up all these different articles that I want to talk to you about, guys, about later, about, like, what it is about the psychology of, of why humans are scared of, like, spiders and snakes and stuff like that. That's pretty, pretty interesting because you can just look at a spider and it just looks creepy. And where that comes from. And it sort of got me thinking about the topic this week, which is like but some of the most terrifying. Coward. Also, yes, I am a coward. Um, <laughs> as I guess most people are. Uh, unless you meet those weird, those occasional weirdos that are like, I love spiders. Okay, whatever. Um, sure, spider guy. Um, only, yeah, that's a long. First off, you're going to get hate mail. Second it's off, spider it's not just man. men that love spiders. Spider girl, yeah. Spider woman. There are plenty of women who love my, spiders. My ex-wife cheated on me with a guy and that loves spiders, so I'm scarred forever. Um, oh, that's fair. He had like a pet spider. And third, it's the eyes. It's not the legs. It's the fucking eyes, man. Some people it is. Well, I'm... <laughs> They're so beautiful, though. They're like crystal clear orbs of blackness. How many, how many eyes does a spider have, Shay? Same as dicks. There you go. 
How many eyes, Shay? Biologist Rich Spider God Maestro just answered your question for yeah, you. Yeah, it's the first thing we learned in journalism school. Okay. That's okay. My, I'm, I, I wasn't 100% sure huh. how many eyes they had right off the top of my head either. So They have eight. Eight. The, the, the amount like of I dicks. Said, same as, the a lot of people answer. don't know this. Every leg a spider has, also a dick. Uh, <laughs> you're, I'm learning. You learn things every day on the Chompcast. What can I say? Um... I see Josh nodding in agreement. And really, you don't really know how many eyes they have? I just said they have eight. It says, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same amount of legs. It's eight. Yeah, yeah, same amount of dicks. <clears throat> I wish you would answer that question, Shay, because I wanted to believe that you knew the answer before. I did know the answer. Okay. I believe you. If I had a Snapple handy, I would have answered it for you. <laughs> you God damn it, Rich. Um, but yeah, so we ask our audience, what are some of the most terrifying char- uh, character designs or creature designs in games that have stuck with us and why that is in honor of Halloween, Ooh, which is tomorrow, actually, at the time of this recording. Uh, we're gonna run down a- it's today for me. It already oh. happened if you're listening to this. Yes, Halloween will have come and gone. Sorry. Halloween Sorry is at all times when listening to pre-recorded media. That's true. If, as long as the spirit of Halloween is inside us, um, mm, then Halloween will never die. The, mm-hmm. I love it when the spirit's inside me, Rich. Yep. Well, that With needs spider dicks. Sure. <laughs> That's what you said and your priest also said, right, Rich? I No, we don't really. I'm not very religious. That's true. That really wouldn't work for you, but I'm too scared. I to did. See I mean, that's, a, that's at least what your priest the said. Weekend. <laughs> I... I <laughs> yeah, I saw a priest over the weekend because I was at a wedding, and I was like, "What's with with the wizard?" And they were like, "That's the priest, Rich." <laughs> That's the uh, end of my story. Hang like sleeve of wizard. Um, we have a bunch of new games to talk about, uh, <laughs> and some old games: Hades, Eichenfell, Penko Park, Carto, Ghost Runner, Watch Dogs Legion, and more. Um, hopefully I didn't forget. Let's get to some intros. Uh, I've been off for a little while. Rich Meister, Rich joins us from New York. Rich, yes, to answer your question, I didn't have time to answer before the show. I did watch the first episode of The Mandalorian today. That was really more of a private conversation. It's weird that you bring it up here. <laughs> That's what you do. You turn the private conversation. Into it was a really, really good episode. Uh, that is, I, I, I don't want to obviously talk Woo! about the spoilers here, but that is the type of Star Wars shit. I've been waiting for it since I was like eight. Oh wow! Um, Josh made a funny face, and I'm never quite sure how to determine what his faces mean. So you finally see him. Leo's tits, huh? No, you see the Gamorrean guards' tits. Oh, okay, okay. Let's say, like that's that's what I've been wanting since I was eight. I don't know what else oh, that it could okay. possibly be. That okay? Well, no, no. Um, I, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase it so it makes that, more sense to you. That kind of checks out. The stuff. I've wanted from Star Wars since I was eight that as an adult feels even remotely possible. Okay, okay. Is what is what happened. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I was thinking it had something to do with any kind of uh, fetish porn and Jar Jar Binks. Mm. 
Um, I figured that lined up somewhere. Now they have the CGI to be able to do that. Yeah, the first, the Lisa first donkey puncher. The, the first scene remember? is actually we find out in the time since season one ended, Jar Jar has become Mando's new uh, sidekick, and he's like, "Wow, Mando, Misa make big explosion!" <laughs> and the whole crowd just mm, uh, like Padman. a studio audience ah. stands up and applauds. <laughs> and it's you know, really Rich, confusing. The Mandalorian's so good. I bet you could put Jar Jar in the show, and people would be like, "All right." I can't, I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it. Is it I don't take Baby Yoda kind of cancels out Jar Jar. You know what I mean? It's like the balancing they're working of the on, scales. I don't know. They're working on different wavelengths, man. That like Gamorrean guard what? wrestling match cancels out of anything. What if they did a baby Jar Jar Binks in that show? Misa made duty in that oh, That's the next step. Shay, you're, spoilers, come on. Um, He's just going to be a cute little Misa tadpole. make Binks. Yeah, if you could make it cute, that would be. I'd be all right with that. You could do it. Hey, if, listen, listen. If any of uh, the people at Disney want to hire me to write for Disney, uh, Disney's for... Mandalorian, for... let me know. I, I've got ideas rattling around in this old noggin. Mm. I I love the idea that Baby Jar Jar Binks is just the first <laughs> Look, step. Shay, if they didn't hire me when they rebooted Muppet Babies, they're not going to hire you now. The... I'm the leading expert Shame, on man. Muppet Babies. There is an amazing, uh, I can say this briefly and with no spoilers, there's an amazing cameo in the first episode that, like, if you've been following the sort of lore uh, or all of the rumors and stuff around the first season of The Mandalorian. That that uh, last stinger is everything you uh, want it to be. Also worth noting. I'm talking the, about the early, the oh, early. Guys, I'm stop. talking about the end of the episode when they actually do it. Well, Shay, you don't. Stop. My mind is still anymore. boggling at the idea of an amazing cameo. I know. Oh, Josh. In anything to... other than the Mel Brooks movie. Uh, yeah, Mel Brooks is in it. Sorry. I'm talking about you. Okay, all right. Never, it works. It Rich, works. I'm talking about the other person wearing the Mandalorian armor about 30 minutes into the episode. Stop. Ugh. There are people in our Discord who are going to get pissed what off. What are they going to get pissed off about? They literally today were talking about they don't want to hear Mandalorian spoilers. No, these are no spoilers. Literally today. Oh, we haven't said any spoilers. Yeah. At, you some point, at some point during the Mandalorian, I've, the Mandalorian stopped, shows up. I've stopped talking for a reason. God, I hate spoiler people. I'm going to go yell at Discord right now. Have right fun. Now. Um, Thank you for being here, Rich. They're going to cancel you, asshole. Thanks a lot. Oh, I'll just join the world of canceled people. It's, my, it's where I belong. It, no, uh, that's true. <laughs> Somewhere I belong. All right. Uh, thank you for being here, Rich. I appreciate it. Uh, even though you got spoiler shy. Shay Layton joins us here, the professor from Japan. Um, and yeah, Shay, uh, I do. I, I'm I do sorry. Indeed. I'm a little flustered because I, well, I, we could probably squeeze this in now because we didn't, we've talked so much Hades lately and I bought. Hades on the Switch. Uh, I assume you want to talk about how you beat Hades ten times and saw the true ending. Is that correct? Uh yeah. I, I Josh didn't really get to talk about the ending, and neither did I. So I don't know. It, I don't know if you want to talk about it now or save it for later, because I'm sure Josh and I are going to launch into Isn't a fairly there a spoilers, not spoiler lengthy, thing? but no, it won't be spoilers. Like there. Uh, we won't launch into that. We'll save that for, like, we're planning on doing a chomping after dark, but just kind of discussing a little bit more of that journey and whatnot. Because, like, well, you got to remember, here. there's Go been ahead. two weeks. He's got an intro, too. Go for it. Are you bashful? I'd love to hear it. It just kind of seems out of place 
I didn't know you had that much to talk about. Uh, there going on be. seven weeks of Hades talk on the Chomp Cast. Seven weeks straight. After your first three months of the very beginning of the entire oh, no Man's Sky. run He's of this gonna, podcast talking about No Man's no Sky, Sky you have no oh, it's like a broken record talk. with you. Yeah. Ricker, 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 boo. So I want you to get offensive about that. that, knowing that in two weeks' time you're going to be talking about No Man's Sky again. Um, maybe a little bit. Hmm. I right. hope not. But <laughs> I, I kept it. I went and platinum that game, and I kept it to like five minutes at the end of a podcast. So I'll have you know that I have restraint. Don't worry. I don't even have the energy to talk about it with you guys. I'm gonna, I'll have it, you know. I'm going to install it on my PS5 on day one, so I can send Morgan a video of me deleting it. <laughs> there you go. You should. Restraint, he says, as you look at his Halloween costume. Oh, God. Oh, that's that's anti-restraint. That was scary. <laughs> actually, I enjoyed the costume No, very I appreciate much. your effort. <laughs> it, took, it took way In too much work, actually, to do. Uh, they, shout out to Poster Burner for sending me that Last of Us cover, and I... God damn, it was way too Res- much work. Respect, man. Respect. I... I don't know, like, with all every all the hate that that game has gotten this year. And... You're going to get jumped. It was a terrifying costume. I'll give you that. Yeah, it Very. scared us. Mm-hmm. I, I, put, I really just wanted to put some. I told um, my wife, I was like, I want something that's just going to terrify Josh to his very core. And I don't think he's afraid of anything. But I have to find something this year that will just rattle Josh right through his bones into his fucking G-spot. Just rattle him good. And Not sure that's think, how that works, but all right. Seems like there are easier ways to get to a G spot. spot. (laughs) Well, not for me. I haven't. He hasn't Um, found any yet. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I can't get there any route. Um, Yes, that's Joshua Fowler from Michigan with an unrattled G spot, as far as we know. Who knows? I mean, on the show, I'm professional. I'm not gonna. It's It's unknowable, really, whether the G spot has been rattled. I'm a little. It's a little unfair. My G spot is supposedly up my asshole. So if I want to get there, I got to shove something up my ass. In what sense is that unfair? Yeah. I just. I'm afraid, Josh. I'm afraid. Hmm. I'm afraid to do it. <sighs> well, just think. In ten years, when you go for a colonoscopy, you'll get to find out. <laughs> and you I can live stream it for the company. Works, but. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine live streaming your own colonoscopy would that pull in viewership I'd do it <laughs> remember how offended Shay, uh, uh, Oscar was when Michael Scott asked him about the sensation when getting a colonoscopy it was like I'm getting a colon- colonoscopy tomorrow Oscar and I just wanted to know what I should be expecting in terms of sensation <laughs> I forgot about that yeah I will tell you this I will tell you this I had a I had a cancer scare Many years ago, um, I was having very difficult issues with my stool, and so I actually had to get the whole whole check thing. Like I remember going to the doctor, letting him know of my situation, and he's like, oh, okay, um, I'll have to do a quick check. He's like, go ahead and put this on, and I thought it was a gown, and it was like this little plastic sheet and uh this thick plastic sheet and i was trying to like figure out how to open it i was like i i didn't register what the fuck was going on because you know obviously i'd never had any kind of exposure to this and then i realized oh i'm supposed to drape this over just the front half and the doctor comes in i i removed my 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 trousers and everything 
and he's like, I'm going to need you to turn over on your side as he's putting on, like, he's doing the full on, like, rubber glove thing, and he's as looping he pulls up the glove and above his like, elbow. Right? And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, and at that point, it finally registered. I was like, are you putting your finger up my ass? And he's like, yeah, unfortunately. Do I, I have like, your consent? I was like, oh, no. he didn't ask for it. Um, and, you signed a waiver, uh, idiot. I was like, oh, no. And, uh, man, was that one of the um, most awkward and uncomfortable experiences in my life? It, it happened 10 years ago, and it still brings me nightmares to this day. Interesting. Granted, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a for pleasure kind of thing, but yeah, I remember after that, um, he's like, you know, just to be sure, let's schedule you for a colonoscopy. And I thought that was just going to be like the same as an x-ray. I was like, yeah, that sounds good. So we <laughs> schedule it for like a month and a half later. And then I tell my buddies, I'm like, hey, uh, yeah, so um, I'm going to be going in for a colonoscopy and whatnot. And they're like, you guys, are, you realize what that is for, right? And I was like, I have no idea. And so they made me look it up, and it, literally five minutes later, I'm calling. I'm like, I'm going to cancel my colonoscopy. Um, I'm going to reschedule it. I'll call you back when I w- want to reschedule it. I never called back. And then you did a home. I was like, you know, what? I'll enema. roll the dice with. I'll roll the dice with cancer instead of getting a colonoscopy. <laughs> so I, was, I was doing That's some how... research on on WebMD, and I'm starting to see the merits of dying of dying from cancer. Right. Exactly. <laughs> starting to uh, seem th- like my best thankfully... option. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, unfortunately, I did not have cancer. Um, but yeah, like eventually, at the, that at colonoscopy the time, is chasing us. When you get old enough, me. you're gonna have to get one. You know, we all will. So I mean, oh, it's yeah. chasing you, oh, yeah. but once it oh, catches yeah, yeah, yeah. you, I'm, you're gonna... <laughs> I, I was gonna. Well, the, the yeah, thing I is, I like that, I imagine yeah. that I will be like so broken and beaten down that literally nothing will scare me more than dying. And at that and point, then you'll I'm like, let the doctor shove stick that whatever you want up my ass. It's fine. It's fine. Like, you might even get a moan or two out of me. Oh. Um, Speaking of being scared, um, this week we are talking about uh, terrifying character designs in what? video games. Oh, yeah, video games. Um, you told me it wouldn't be way, scary. I, I am uh, General Mountain Time. Uh, Morgan here from Montana and yeah so Shay you probably know the answer to this or at least you have a theory because there's lots of theory as to why human beings uh, like I actually found a I was a, a research that I could cite if I needed to because I figured you guys would be like did you really find research but um, that truthfully apparently human beings are more scared of spiders than being kidnapped which fucking i mean yes it's true more common but the idea of that being more terrifying to me is kind of insane um, maybe not to a billionaire well i think like to be but honest like, to with people you, who aren't this worth is, anything i think this is um obviously i don't have any research in front of me to back this up but i think a big part of that is culturally based uh, i know here in japan a lot of people are very 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 afraid of cockroaches men and women they're very scared of them. And um, I don't think that fear is as common in the U.S. Obviously, I think there are people still afraid of bugs in general and some people that are afraid of cockroaches. But overall, I don't think the fear is that popular and publicly based as it is in a place like Japan or Australia, another place I lived where the cockroaches were fucking massive. Yeah. And I think that is – I think that – is the reason uh, 
so many people are afraid of cockroaches other than the obvious is it's so culturally based and here in japan they don't have as many poisonous spiders or sorry um venomous spiders so it's not as big of a concern whereas in the u.s obviously you have the black widow you have the hobo you have the brown recluse all of these spiders have uh varying levels of venom well we do a lot of hobos here shay but i don't see what that has anything to do with spiders well it's no chicago well Anyways, um, Thank you. but with within Six popular burn. media, especially in the U.S., I feel like that there have been countless movies that we've watched or countless games that we've played that have these terrifying spiders in them, and that kind of leads to a bigger fear of it. And I think that could that the same could be said of snakes and wolves in the U.S. as well. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's a big part of it. I think also, obviously, there's some psychological aspects to it as well, which I'm not privy to. But uh, I, yeah, uh, I, I definitely pretty. think it's. Uh, <laughs> I definitely <laughs> think it's largely culturally based. Um, uh, to be privy. Well, maybe I can make you somewhat privy. Um, the yes, that's. I don't think that's necessarily uh, wrong. I wanted to get your opinion on that as a biologist and. Uh, uh, do you guys have any sort of theory on this, Rich and Josh, before I launch into a very short spiel? Um, I don't know, man. I just think they, they like, I don't particularly find spiders, like, more scary than, like, any other insect, like. Mm-hmm. Um, That's just an example, not specifically No, no, spiders, I know. I yeah, just, yes, I, yes. I mean, I don't know. They got a lot of legs and a lot of eyes, and they're hairy. Um, it's the same you reason. Know, like... <laughs> It's the same reason I'm scared of my dad. Mm-hmm. Oh, how many legs does your dad have? It's none of your business. You don't ask a man that. It's not about the number. It's about there being a lot of them. I thought my dad had a third leg when I saw him in the shower for the first time. That's for sure. Uh, God damn it. I didn't, get, I didn't get those genetics. He's not uh, going to loan you, you the money for the PS5. Stop kissing your dad's ass on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Or kiss, right? Never mind. I you know what I'm, I already know because he loaned me the money. more. <laughs> You know what bugs You're like I'm the son I never had, Rich. Mosquitoes and ticks because but you had a son. No, like, no, I didn't, Rich. Uh, chaos, chaos. Okay. <laughs> In all seriousness, actually, legginess is the thing people are most scared of when they did like a, a, a research study. Legginess was the highest um, rated fear of spiders over sudden movement and speediness. I have a follow up question. Is that why you're so afraid of women? Legginess. Um, that was a decent joke. I'm going to give myself that. Can we get some applause no, right there? The, the reason it goes back to the thing with my dad, the joke with my dad, and not this is know. this is not this is not one of those kinds of podcasts, Rich, where just sound bites pop up out of thin air. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to work on getting us some easy to use sound bites. I just want a bunch of Alec Jones sound bites to throw in here. That's all I want. A bunch of people be fired. <laughs> sir. I'll just breathe heavy and record it for you, and then you'll have them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just would be great to have, I think. But no, in all seriousness, uh, Shay, I think the, the theory, oh, Josh, I'm sorry. Did you have a theory on this as well? I didn't mean to Your jump Your theory in. of relativity, Josh? On the innate fear of, um, spiders and snakes. I'd have to refresh my learning on this, but, um, the last I'd seen, there's actually genetic memory as far as associations to uh fear of spiders like you're just 
you're innately afraid of them, whether you've ever seen one or not. Um, yes, we've all played Assassin's Creed. <laughs> which is uh, very different than a lot of, you know, a lot of other feel- fears are not just kind of innate. But spi- like spiders, spiders yeah. are baked in. Like, they've got their own neural pathways. Mm, just, baked in spiders. Yeah. Just baked set to go before, before you've ever seen a spider, which is, which is a good thing, but, you know, again, can be unlearned. I think it's not so much a learned fear, but a learned n- a need of the fear, kind of like Shay was mm-hmm. saying. Like, same, same deal, but, you know, but in reverse. Like, oh, the spiders really aren't a big deal, so, of course, you know, it's, you know, no one's going to reinforce that fear whenever you see a spider. They're going to kind of downplay it. Um, yeah. No, you're you're right. I mean, the genetic that is that is a big part of it, and it's interesting. And I guess the theory behind that, sort of like the why, is that uh, just a summation of this article I'm looking at is animal fears may represent because it's not just spiders, but animal fears may represent a functionally distinct set of adaptive responses which have been selected for during the evolutionary history mm-hmm. of human species. So basically, yeah, like spi- spiders know, and snakes, we learned specifically. Yeah, we learned that those things oh are dangerous. We're, we're so, just we're afraid uh, of before we've even seen them. It's survival, oh. yeah, keeps us safe, and which is interesting because most spiders are generally not harmful to us. Um, but if if back to... in the, even the early days of man, if your friend Joe got bit by a, or a baby got bit by one of those spiders with the little red thing on it and died, you could see maybe how that would have started. Uh-huh. You know, potentially how early that was. I've literally never known a single person in my personal life to die from a spider bite. Me neither. Me neither. Although the mm, animal, the yeah. closest, the like closest is um, uh, Fish's ex-wife when she got bit by that brown recluse. And I remember hey, privacy. when Fish was talking on, with privacy. us about this. Hmm. He said, "Never talk about his wife on the podcast." And then he quit. It's his so ex-wife. The, uh, yeah. It's his the contract ex-wife. is actually quit being the wife. Was written out of our bylaws. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't care about it. Fish's ex-wife. I could care less. Um, yeah, but but no, she's no, still no, listening. She ended up show, having to get so like, a yeah, she's still listening. So be careful. <laughs> we we she... we know we know the spiders that are venomous at this point and have anti venoms for them. So it's just it's not the threat it used to be as far as death. Um, but yeah, we're still, still afraid of them. Still no, they're still yeah, they're still dangerous. Yes. Like the the worst spider damage I've personally seen was some asshole on a flight that I was stuck on transatlantic flight that he kept showing his horrible half just like missing fingers, just Uh. necrotic flesh hand from where he'd been bitten by a, a brown recluse and didn't get it treated for way too long because he was an idiot. And anyway, Yeah. I, yeah, I was sitting like two rows behind him and then across the aisle. And so I had to hear his stupid story as he told every <laughs> flight attendant on that flight exactly what was going it's on with his hand. As, hey, <laughs> you, you want to know mm-hmm. how I got these scars? No, 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 you ever like sucked on a spider wound? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, Man, like, Josh, normal spiders, back. last thing I'll say, normal spiders don't bother me, but fuck tarantulas, man. Oh, they're they're really ever loving Not a big fan of, of the the, the, uh, the furry ones, huh? Big furry no. ones, yeah. No. No. 
No, don't mention fur. Don't mention giant spiders. Don't do it. I, it it's just interesting <laughs> because you know when, like, even when I walked into that barn spider every day, and I wasn't necessarily afraid of it, but I was always aware of it, and I knew it wasn't going to hurt me. But there was just something innately in me that was like, "Ugh, got to make sure it's not on me," you know. And like that thing is fucking strange to me. So, anyways, it got me when I was just looking at the dead spider with my kids. I was thinking about how it just looked creepy yeah. and how that was built in yeah so i thought it was an, an interesting like the funniest about. thing about that even is that basically nothing that spins a web is going to cause you any harm at all but exactly. walking through a spider web is just one of the worst things ever like oh, not it seeing it horrible. and then all of a sudden yeah. feeling it all over your face just like yeah just tangled yeah it's just the worst just makes you wonder if there were ever, like, these giant massive spiders that existed, like, millions of years ago, and there's no, fo- like, we haven't found There'd a fossil no record, record of them yet because their bodies disintegrate so easily. Well, like, how spiders' do you guys, bodies I mean, disintegrate super easily, and so there are these giant spiders, so... Yeah. Like, instinctually, it's been built into our DNA whenever we run into one of those to just fucking panic. Because, (laughs) yeah, like, any person, like, you can be hiking, and just a string hits, like, your your eyebrow line. And you're like, oh, fuck, there's a spider web on me. You just have that split-second instinct of, like, fuck, spider web, and you freak out. Like, no matter what. Yeah. Every time. It's true. It's it's, it's, You could literally, every day... Run into a spider web and you still have the instinct kicked in yeah. for just a split and second. And you don't know where it is. That's the weird thing about those those horrifying giant what are those giant ones called? Camel spiders? Those ones are creepiest. Those those seem yes. like aliens. A huntsman. Huntsman. You're thinking a huntsman. The ones that they have in like Iraq and shit that are like the size of dogs. You know what I'm talking about? Camel spiders, have you ever seen them? Yeah, those there's no spider that's the size of dogs. No, yeah, well, not well, they're big though. Um Hold on, maybe they're the huntsmen. Let me see if that's... I think you're thinking of two spiders, different spiders. That's what you're thinking but, of. Yep. Am I getting my spiders confused? Well, yeah, they are two different spiders, yes. But <laughs> if I remember correctly, Huntsman spiders are the biggest spiders in the world as of right now. All right. Um, well, I'll find out. But yes, anyways... Until I finish um, my genetic research. <laughs> biggest spiders in the... Uh, unless you considered... Actually, okay, I'm sorry. The biggest spider in the world is the Goliath, the Goliath bird-eater bird tarantula. Eater. Yeah, and that thing is fucking big. That. Good God, that thing is as big as a goddamn. It's bigger than someone's fucking hand, Shay. That is that spider is the size of those things from Aliens, those um, face hugger things. That's legitimately what size it is. So, well, yeah, a lot of people talk about like not wanting to go to Australia because everything's big, but uh, South America just officially just got taken off my list of ever wanting to go there. Dude, and it's fuck so, those spiders. Yeah. <laughs> You should. Well, I you don't should have to send worry about some of the, you know, just hanging out in your shoe or anything. The Shut plus, the fuck plus, up, do, do a spider that thing. size. <laughs> here's here's the thing. Here's the thing, dude. <laughs> Tell is, him the thing. Even though I'm not, I like Japan doesn't really have scary spiders. Like sometimes in the middle of the night when I go to the bathroom, I have this irrational fear for a split second that I'm going to open up the toilet and there's going to be like a hundred spiders just webbed <laughs> their way. And I'm going to, I'm going to, they're just going to all spring and eat my, my dick and it's just going to disintegrate. And like, seriously, like this shit happens. It sucks, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish I was joking about this. I'm not joking. 
I, I believe you. Fucking I spiders. Yeah. Fucking spiders. Do you have an international fear of That sounds insane to me. Spiders, man. And I was <laughs> awake constantly with fever dreams fighting off a flu shot that I got yesterday. Like awake all night, like literally about every 30 seconds. And that still sounds insane compared to literally 12 hours of nightmares that That's I just right, experienced. My spiders. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, sorry. Sorry, I'm afraid of dick spiders. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, Shade, to bring more fear to you, are you familiar with my favorite, hopefully in the in the Spider-Verse movie sequel, my favorite Spider-Man, Spider's Man? No, this, this, but I don't the, the know Spider-Man if I of, about it. Of, of, of Earth 11580 is Spider's Man, a hive mind of spiders that believe they are Peter Parker. That actually sounds cool. That doesn't scare me because, like, it's 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 a comic book. Like, I'm okay with that. But you know what I realized? We're ready for the live action version. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. You know what I realized? We still haven't even started on the topic yet. Yeah, <laughs> this has been great content. Yeah, I guess we don't really need to. So let's go. To the, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, no. So it's. Then I think that pretty much gets us to the point. I was thinking. I was wondering if you guys had any sort of interesting. Um, nope. Character. There's literally nothing interesting about any of us. Thank it's you, amazing um, that we've gone this far. Well, on that note, with a 100 uh, percent lack of personality. I mean, you just uh, you just resembled the thoughts of all of my ex girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Yet they're the ones having sex with us. So jokes on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least not. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to go down that no, road. No, let's explore um, it. You know, okay, so, so... Go ahead, lead us in, what Morgan, were you guys I, thinking I have, of a, as far, I have a few. I, I will say this. The, the one thing that stuck out to me, and I'll just get it out of the way now, because we had a nice discourse there, was, <laughs> was how games sort of... So there's a lot of different ways that games can have creepy or disturbing, and of course there's a lot of sort of generic or obvious examples you could think of, and I'll pull some from the, from the uh, listeners that sent us some, some messages. Um, you know, there's a lot that are just gross and like, we're, and there's a lot of sort, you could obviously say stuff like Resident Evil 7 whenever I put the post up, you know, the, the mold, um, the molded are those creepy things that come off the walls and shit that just have a horrifying look to them. But I like, think that only scares you if you're a homeowner. Um, mm. the molded, yeah, the mold, the mold is real, real dark. Um, so there's a lot of really creepy examples we could use, but I think on a larger scale for me. Whenever they whenever they use scale to uh, to make something really creepy, like uh, like not to get back on spiders, but like in Bloodborne, there is this really giant spider. Yes, the, it does look a little creepier, but they use a good job of you know. In video games, you have player agency and scale, right? You are the player. So when I walk in uh, to this castle and look up, and there's a seven thousand foot spider above me, that does look a little creepier than your normal spider because it was designed by this artist and this creepiest gothic aesthetic but uh, i think the way video games use scale is an interesting thing that freaks me out of course if i'm in vr yes there there's a there's a realistic scale to the giant wasps um do you guys remember marguerite from 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 resident evil 7 she would lift up her skirt and there was like a yeah that was the the wife yeah when you're that's actually one of the creepier parts in the in the game to me Uh, and Despite it being for VR, like, I played that game very differently than I would a normal horror game because of it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... The scares weren't too bad for me in that. But yeah. that, that, that part of the... I think it's the guest house you go to yes, where Marguerite... with all the bugs is, and stuff. Where, yeah. uh, especially the lead up into that point before you get in with the bugs, where you're walking across that bridge in the dark and the archway is, like, covered with, like, doll heads and shit. Yes. Um, <laughs> that, that freaked me the fuck out. It did, it did, yeah. Well, and they, and they, but I just remember, like, to this day, like, the thing they did creepy about her design was she looked like this deranged old lady that escaped from a nursing home, right? But, and she, when she lifted up her skirt, she had, like, a, a wasp's nest under there of yeah. infected, <laughs> infected, like, bees living in her fucking crotch that you had to shoot. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Resident Evil. Good times. Um, and you're expecting so a bat I, cave. So... <laughs> There's so there's or some cobwebs. Dun, 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 um, so there's a there's a lot of different you know ways you could take this, but I'm just trying to grab a couple examples that stuck out to me. Uh, scale when I think about Bloodborne and the, like sort of the the giant scale of some of the creepy stuff in that game, and and how that's almost like a Japanese horror game. From software games have a lot of really horrifying art design for me. Uh, there's something about from software games like the way they handle their art. It just it, everything is like exaggerated and just a little off, especially you know, like, core. like it's just like a, it's just like somebody was like reading a bunch of stuff about the macabre and dropping an acid. You know, it's just like it's very creepy um, to me and disturbing in a way that's unique. Well, um, it's gothic fantasy, um, and Bloodborne's very Lovecraftian, um, mm-hmm. by which I mean racist. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, so that's, yeah, a, that's a fun little Lovecraft burn. <laughs> but yes, uh, so for me, I'll pass this along. Um, if you want, like a creepy design for me, idea something a very out of the norm perspective. Why have like Marguerite Baker in the guest house uh, with her design? They're like, hey, let's put this really horrifying um, wasp, you know, infected wasp nest on her crotch, and then you have to shoot it, and she's all crazy and stuff. That's a, an interesting sort of crazy video gamey thing. But my larger point was just scale, like here's, whether here's I'm a- in VR or because you have player agency in games, the scale of creatures in there and their design can make it more horrifying to me as a player. But um, there's a billion examples I could list. Rich, what about you? Um, as far as effective scares for me. The terrifying designs. Like, what is some stuff that sticks? Oh, like, okay. you don't know it's, why, but it just... Um, yeah, no, here's one for me, and it's not like the game overly scares me or anything. I've always mm-hmm. found Pyramid Head's design uh, particularly unsettling. The illogical nature of the giant Pyramid Head. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah there's there's something about it. Um, just kind of always... More unnerving uh, than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, why is that? I was looking at Pyramid Head the other day. Like, what is it? Silent Hill, of course, a very obvious example of a lot of really horrifying, memorable designs. Um, OG Pyramid Is there a buff that, Pyramid Head? Yeah, no. Okay, yeah. so here's the thing. Every time Josh he keeps is, showing up, mm. he gets more and more buff. I find mm. OG Pyramid Head a little bit more terrifying because there's something about that gaunt look. But then yeah. at the same time, buff Pyramid Head mm. is a different uh, type of... <laughs> scary really because is. it's like i escaped but, this monster and then he started fucking lifting he's mm-hmm. like i'm gonna get you next time motherfucker well, and mm-hmm. he's been doing deadlifts well og pyramid head was he was malnourished emaciated he was hungrier than buff pyramid well, easier head. to run from buff pyramid head he's just 
out for revenge at this point. He has something to prove. Mm-hmm. But OG Pyramid Head, he needed to eat. I guess dragging that sword around is really got to, you know, get some work oh. in. Mm-hmm. Dude, it'd have been great if it was like Lady in the Water where he had like one buff arm from dragging the sword, but the other arm was still gaunt, you know, because... They're both perfectly toned, so if you just dragged the sword around with one arm, you'd think they'd be disproportionate, right? You would you'd think, think so. He must switch it up every once in a while. Yeah. He must. Um, yeah. You know what else is a, The design of the monster itself isn't great, but this more speaks to atmosphere and something I wish they'd played around, spent a little more time with. In Resident Evil 4, um, the Lagos, the lake monster, uh, I really like the concept of like unnerving lake monsters. And oh that yes, me too. Jaws me too. esque yeah. rowboat scene. Like I don't think the des- once you like beach it, the design of Lagos itself isn't great. But I love like the atmosphere of that sequence of being stalked by like this fucking prehistoric megalodon type thing and having to like spear it down. I think that that's yeah predicated on sort of that fear of like we not knowing what's it's the in fear the water. of the unknown. One hundred percent. Yeah, like you can't even perceive what's coming at you until it's too late. But but again, what the game does, for the design, like the actual design itself is interesting because I, I remember that scene very vividly. But you probably don't remember really, the monster well. Yeah, I don't remember what it looked like. I couldn't I couldn't tell you what the fuck it looked like. It was like a pike Which and an octopus's bastard child. Kind, like a very tannish, like, it was very generic, but it, it's just like a big fish. It's nothing... Mm-hmm. Nothing special. Well, yeah, it's got like almost like army things. I'm looking at some pictures right now. I'll send you. It's 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 interesting. It's not quite what I remembered, but yeah, the design itself in that case is not even as vital as what's going on with the player, which is interesting. Like you could actually make a case that the design is just average at best. Um, well, it goes to say the same thing when you think about movies, and I think games effectively, especially even more so in some cases, because you're in control get most of their fear out of holding the monster back. Like think about, um, alien. Like the reason alien is so effective as a movie is because you don't really get a good look at the monster that often. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's such a big part of it. And I think it goes with any kind of media when you're trying to scare somebody or get a rise out of somebody, whether it's like a, oh, that's gross reaction or, oh, my God, that's frightening reaction is the the character model. Yeah, part part of part of that can be it's memorable. You think of the mind flare from Stranger Things, that silhouette is incredibly memorable. Um, you know what that creature looks like without having directly have seeing it. You know, you haven't actually seen it at this point in its entirety. Yeah. But you know what it looks like. But then there are cases which you guys are talking about where maybe the character model itself is not as memorable, but everything else around it is. And it's the atmosphere that's being um, created around this creature. It's the music or the lack of that is creating this eeriness, this feeling of uncomfortable um and just unsettling there are so many different things you can do with that to where even if the character model isn't that memorable you can still be frightened by it but what is a character model that was memorable to you in like a haunting disturbing frightening way for whatever reason yeah for me you know there were two that popped up because i was thinking about it last night when i got off of work 
Um, one of them, and this is going to be some, both of them are going to be something you guys have never heard of. I don't think. Um, one is from Grandia Two, I and Grandia it's called Valmer's Eye. Grandia Two is awesome. Um, one of the bosses in there is called Valmer's Eye, huh. and uh, basically you were fight as <clears throat> most JRPGs. You're fighting against a god kind of creature Save cat, but kill God. it's this it's this creature it's like this hovering creature that has tentacles and these and it kind of looks like a mixture between a plant with giant fucking eyeballs I'm and right anytime now. something has massive eyeballs in a game it bothers me every uh, like so you love resident I, evil eyeballs just <clears throat> eyeballs just bother me and so if something has giant eyeballs it bothers me every time so that that character model was particularly um affecting like it's so much so that i haven't played that game in 19 years and i still remember some of the still enemies remember. from that game well it's available on <laughs> like, switch so there you go i might have well to play that's it a again. personal thing that's but the other too, one i was thinking for eyes you have eyeball you know yeah that's a common one other fear, thing i was thinking it is it is and one other creature that popped up into my mind immediately was um i didn't know it had a name to be honest with you until i looked it up last night it's called uh i might be pronouncing this name incorrectly peppy peppy's monster um it was from the game nightmare creatures and uh nightmare creatures was this Mm. again a gothic game that took um that came out during the ps1 era um kind of I don't want to say Lovecraftian, but it was very gothic and and dark. And this creature is this. What was it called? I'm googling it right now. Peppy's what? Nightmare creatures. No, Peppy's what? Nightmare creatures. Uh, just hold on a second. I'll talk about it in a second. Be patient. Well, no, I, I just want to look at the. I just want to look at the picture while you talk about. It. That's what I'm saying. You said it was nightmare creatures. It was called Pepe's what? Monster. P e p y s. Pepe's monster. Oh, Pepe's monster. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. and. It's just this creature that towers over the char- the character you play as trying to defeat these monsters, and it's just massive, and it has three heads, and just obviously PS1 era graphics, especially this game, it's very polygonal, not great, but the way it looks, it's not just that, too, it's the way it moves at you, it's kind of like, um, oh fuck, what's his name, in Resident Evil 2, the guy who chases after you, what is his name? Uh, Mr. X? Yeah. X. He's kind of like a Mr. X, but a fast Mr. X, a fast, grotesque Mr. X. He just fucking so, so like stomps the mod that over the map him with, uh, with Sonic, with Shrek. Yes, sure, sure. He exactly. looks a little bit more like Nemesis um, but, now that I look at images of him. Oh, that's true. That's true. Nemesis is another great one. I think at the end of the day, what unsettles me personally when it comes to a character model in a game is something that's mm-hmm. either. <clears throat> And just way bigger than it's supposed to be. Like, if you're fighting massive cockroaches, it may not be frightening, but it's definitely unsettling. Because they're at a size they shouldn't normally be. Or if it's something that just has things out of place. Or that are more, there are more there than there should be. Like, you could even look at something like when you're fighting Goro from the original Mortal Kombat. And um, he has four arms, and the way he moves is kind of herky jerky, and he's super buff. And it like you're not scared of Goro, going, you know? Oh yeah, but you do creepy. feel unsettled. Yeah, yeah, you feel a little, yeah, I, I, like, a little terrified. Yeah, 
That's exactly what I was saying, Shay. Size and scale, like giant things in games are definitely... Yeah, a little horny. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Josh and I are on the same page. A little bit horny. <laughs> Goro, I don't know. I think Goro is kind of terrifying can they in not a way. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, if they can convey that with those old, like an older visual style, like PS1 or... Like Clock Tower is a game I remember. Very simple design on the villain. It's just basically like a guy with a giant pair of scissors, but because you couldn't convey a lot on the PS1, it just looked like this shambling I, nothing person with a giant pair of it, it's scissors. It's also worth noting, I feel like the further you go back, and it might be a testament to like how old we were at the time too, I feel like part of it plays in like your imagination sort of filling in the gaps where it has to. Exactly. Um, yeah. For so sure. Like, yeah. That's that's part of why like I was so unsettled when I was playing the suicide of Rachel Foster is you're trying to figure out what's going on through this game and it's not showing you much. It's like, there isn't a lot of music, but it really, depending on when and how you play the game, it's really unsettling. And it's, it's kind of like, to me, it's fascinating that we have technology where it is with gaming and we, there are some scary games out there, but we haven't gotten that many truly frightening games and it makes me wonder because the technology is there to do it if they're not doing it because they don't want to just outright give people heart attacks you know because i believe i firmly believe that that there are games out there that could just absolutely terrorize people well um, with the technology that we have but they just hold it back withhold it because maybe they don't want to get sued for (laughs) I know causing I, someone to have a heart attack. I think they do, Shay. I think that I agree with what you're saying for us, but I think what it's hard for us to put in like complete perspective on is that we have a high tolerance for that shit. Like I'm me and we're over here playing Resident Evil Seven in VR. I know a lot of people that played that game without VR and were like, I can't walk in the first house. I can't go in there. I'm not walking into this. Do-. You know, that's how they some people most people can't deal with horror. And I think like, you and you and I have talked about this in the past, Morgan, like the inclusion of VR in that game made me play it totally different than I would have normally. Like in a Resident Evil game, typically I like kicking the door and point just start gunning stuff down. Whereas the VR capability in that game let you kind of like nudge into doors and like peek through the cracks and stuff. And I was 100% doing that all the time. Like gun out being like, there better not fucking be something in here. <laughs> I'm just, I'm surprised that VR, like this isn't supposed to be a talk about VR and I apologize. It's a little bit of a, uh, a sidetrack here. I'm surprised VR hasn't gotten as popular as it has because, or as it could be, I should say, because what's the barrier of entry with where horror could be with that? It could be, it could be in an amazing place right now. Playing Resident Evil Seven in VR really unsettled me. Like we, I've talked about it in the past, where I I played it in a video game bar, and you know there are people in the background laughing, and I still was incredibly uncomfortable playing through that game walking underneath the house in that that water that still water that had built up just terrified that was my me killer like, you, VR like you said 100 well i think that's the thing though Shay. Yeah, i think I you just, hit it right on the head I, is that I it's bought not a fucking horror. candle you guys i bought most, a fucking most candle people are, <laughs> most people are so most people are not like us i think the general populace will be more afraid of horror so like i think that is your pinnacle and i think you're seeing that it's still even with its success, like, 
there's a lot of horror games in VR, trust me, but it's still a, more of a niche audience because people like Josh. Josh tells us all the time he's not. That's a good transition for Josh. Josh tells us all the time that he's not really looking for those experiences. Like, right? Like, am, am I wrong there? You're not really looking to kind of freak yourself out with disturbing, uh, yeah. creepy. I don't think it when? works. Is the the thing? It's I I've I've consumed enough media that none of it works. Is this the point I'm at? I'm like I I'm paying attention to the structure. I'm paying attention to how they're how they're doing stuff, and because of that, none of it. Like I played Resident Evil Seven, and my takeaway from it was like, okay, this is like a Chuck E. Cheese, you know, show. It and it's just Speaking it ends terrifying. up not working. That game because wouldn't have sat with me uh even close to like and it didn't really ever shake me too badly but it wouldn't even have slightly have had an impact if i wasn't playing it in vr yeah i i think that's probably what was going on there because so much of the stuff they were doing moving it to first person um if you're not in vr with it i feel like it i don't think it works in first person unless you're in vr because so, so many get... of the scares are like, yeah. oh, God, my hand's gone. But, like, so what? That's just the player character raising their now missing, you know, stump. Their nub. Like, it, there's I mean... there's nothing there <sighs> Okay. Um, if you're not playing it in VR. And it just, so, yeah. It takes I mean, a lot of the bite out of it. I, I think you're 100% no, some right. Some of that stuff is not the scary stuff, though. Some of that stuff is just, you know, there's grotesque and there's stuff like that in there. I think as a whole, they're throughout the game you're going to find a lot of really unsettling moments and creatures but like what you're saying josh is that you don't generally get unsettled or creeped out by games is that what you're kind of saying because you just feel like it's not they don't work on you um, quick shout out to the expansion that throws fear out the window where you bare knuckle box zombies <laughs> well i mean that that part of that's just a resident evil thing like there's they're barely horror games anymore but yeah, i feel like i feel like the ones that don't it's not that they don't play by the rules, it's they understand the rules. Like, Observer, I think, does an extremely good job of video game horror. Um, because it's a very small location. It's set in basically an apartment building where they don't give you a map. Most games give you a map. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going here. You get, okay, go to, go to room you know 208 and find something there and your solution to find that is to find a map of the place like by a stairwell somewhere figure out where you're going mm -hmm. and go there um and then they will mess with the actual layout of the apartment building um to fuck with you to just unsettle you um they they understand how just the rules of a, how of a video game um are supposed to work the things that are you supposed to be to safe work a certain way yeah um and they well, mess me with that, that stuff yeah. um flip it back on its head though Josh like what about character designs like do you get even if the game itself doesn't unnerve you are there certain enemy designs or character designs that for you like Shay was saying the eyeballs for me I was mentioning like the giant creatures giant spiders yeah yeah, and yeah no crotches and... it oddly enough it's it's not in horror games per se but it's like certain enemies um 
are just they're they're unsettling because of their place in the game almost um i mean like uh the blood starved beast beast in uh in bloodborne is really really creepy um just from from a character design standpoint just the one you meet that's like dead already or the one that you fight well the one that you fight but like the, the whole idea of him basically being that all all the flesh from like his back on down has like slid off of his yes. body and is just kind of hanging down over his head and flops around as you fight him um it it's just a really really solid character design Bo- body horror yeah yeah and i think body that works horror, yeah. i think that works Grotesque. better than almost anything in the game as far as the actual horror of a design goes um and and then probably the the other ones that aren't really creepy creepy but work in the context of the game are the re-deads in ocarina of time that uh redead the zombies the zombies oh because they're the only enemy in the game that will stun you yeah they have that paralyzing scream yeah because if they ever lock eyes on you like if you ever get in front of them in their vision they will stun you they'll scream and just stun you at which point they've got you know a set amount of time to possibly you know jump on you and grab you to this day the sound of that scream will like have me stand at attention yeah like that is a thing programmed to my dna from being a child yeah what about the what about the witches from left for dead i mean they're i mean yeah sim- like they're similar idea less in care less in character model more in behavior though yeah i think I that's yeah. yeah exactly more of a behavior yes. thing which is I th- again that's kind of what i was saying with the uh, the redads because it's more with the like the sound design like the scream doesn't even seem like they're screaming it seems like someone is screaming because in your head <laughs> yeah because it's like it's like a a woman screaming someone like it doesn't like it's not supposed to be the character it's not supposed to be you i don't it's know like who's some screaming psychological but trigger this thing in your mind. just saw you this thing just saw you, and it's sco- so scary. Someone completely unrelated to all the happenings, all the goings God on screamed. in this game and outside of it is screaming because of what just happened. One of the goddesses screamed. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Well, Josh, were there any were there any character designs when you were a child that unnerved you at all? Like when you were a much younger gamer. Mm. No, not really. Not not the characters so much. There were a few games that scared me a lot, a lot as a kid that kind of in retrospect probably aren't that scary, but just like Riven. Uh Miss 2 mm. is a yeah. really solitary game where you're just trying to figure out the world. Um but built into the the framework of that game is that you're you're going there trying to rescue someone but you even being there is risking possibly letting the guy who you're rescuing them from you're you're giving them a way to escape essentially so they are yeah. trying to kill you this whole time and so it's a very quiet game very solitary for the for the most part 
but it's that game scared the crap out of me as a kid um just because like you'll hmm. you'll you'll think something is coming to get you way more often than it actually is there's only there are only like two or three ways you can actually you know get killed in the game it's it's not a thing that happens that yeah. often yeah. but the threat of it was something that scared me a whole that, lot more just the the idea that that's funnily how it felt about suicide of Rachel mm-hmm. Foster yeah and that's it's, more it's of, interesting yeah. that's more of like a broad I, uh, yeah. okay go ahead Morgan no I was just gonna I was just I was trying to stay more along the lines of like character designs but um screw your rules <laughs> it's I yeah. guess it's no. It's, I I understand. I understand that. It's yeah, know. it's hard to not. Yeah, do yeah, yeah. Too. I, you know, it's it's funny, and this will kind of we'll talk about this a little bit later. But um, playing Eichenfell, there's a point in the game, and this is a this is a minor spoiler. I do apologize in advance to anybody who's wanting to play it's that okay, game man, who that hasn't game. played it yet or hasn't heard about it. Uh, there's a point in the game. Uh, the, the whole premise is you're playing as a girl. Uh, trying to sneak into a school to find your sister. And there's a special way you get into the school, and I won't reveal that, but there's a... You kind of go into this place, and there's this creature in there. And when you first encounter that creature, it's a little terrifying because you don't know what the creature is. I still don't know what the creature is because I haven't beaten the game yet. But yeah, that, that character model... I wouldn't say it terrified me, but it definitely unnerved me when I came across that scene. Yeah. So just kind of funny to mention a game we're going to be talking about later kind of ties into this topic, actually. Yeah. Truth, truth. Um, all right, let's see. Let's see what all patrons had to say, or shall we? And uh, what is that accent? Base? Um, we actually, yeah, I'm sorry. Actually, these are a mixture of patrons and public. Put this on the um, public Instagram page about. Character designs have just terrified or unnerved people for whatever reason. I wanted to see what sort of responses we got. We got a good a good amount yeah. back. Paul Bailey, patron and friend, said Mara from Persona. Yeah, Mara. gets you horny, right? <laughs> oh, that's the penis thing, right? Oh yeah. We are all no, the spokes in Mara's wheel. Persona does have some pretty uh, creepy well, character they're, designs. They're, they're demons, Morgan. Uh, yes, they are demonic, but I remember definitely playing Catherine in pers- and Persona games and seeing, like, nothing is shooting on top of my head right now, except for the penis now. Obviously, I can't stop thinking about it. Um, but, like, there's been a lot of designs. You can just ask Incubus. him not to shoot on the top of your head. Yeah, but- you get horny all the time playing that game. You got Mara, you got Incubus, Succubus, Baphomet. Mm, a lot of horny, yeah. I- usually when I play those games, I just, I'm horny the whole time. Same, so man. 99 hours of being horny. And you want to tell me that's not game of the year? <laughs> Who needs Viagra? <laughs> uh, if you have a boner lasting longer than 99 hours, call more ladies. <laughs> Let's see. Um, Drerig uh, Ziadrenma, to, hopefully I didn't butcher your name, said, it's a three-way tie between the One Reborn, Ludwig the Accursed, and the Orphan of Cost from Bloodborne. Um, yeah, we mentioned a lot of Bloodborne. Already. Ludwig the Accursed is really disturbing and horrifying looking. The One Reborn, I don't remember that one. Let me look it up. A lot of these I just like to look up on yeah. the fly to get in. There, nice... there are a ton of good ones in Bloodborne. Monster Designs is the, sort of the name of the game in, in Souls games. 
Yeah, yeah that's what they're they kind of, yeah, that's yeah. like what gets me from one wanting to go to around the next corner, you know. <laughs> um or terrified to go around the next corner. Yeah, so that one's just like oh the one reborn is like that giant mass of like fleshy bodies come together that you have to fight. Come together. Um, I thought it was a really interesting choice for them to license the Beatles song for that fight. <laughs> you know, they made some choices and uh, I applaud them for it. Um, Orphan of Cost. Yeah, I wish I could find like who does the primary. I should look into who does the primary character designs for those games because they're. I was gonna say if only playing. they listed that somewhere. Yeah, I know. If only they, <laughs> if only the internet was a thing. Uh, because I remember when I first started Bloodborne, I was like, it almost had like a Resident Evil kind of feel to it. I'm like, oh, I didn't know from software games were like oh, almost like Japanese kind of. Yeah, horror. didn't like, you that's... play Armored Core? <laughs> Oh, there's nothing scary in Armor Core, my friend. Nothing scary. The militaristic punch. future is terrifying. Um, it's the spiders in the point, Resident really, Evil. But... Yeah, no, it's. <laughs> Gasly Dan LP said the spiders in the Resident Evil Three remake. Where I did not play the Resident Evil Three. I remake. did, and I don't remember spiders. spiders so I guess they didn't really stick with me. How dare you? Let's see spiders re three. Remake. Boom. The liquors are pretty iconic. Yeah, there's some giant spiders in there, man. They're they're right along the fears of Shay was mentioning earlier. They're like giant tarantulas, basically. That's what they look like. You know what scared me about that game? It was too short. <laughs> the price. Sixty dollars for The rapper was in the game? Yeah. That's a weird crossover. <laughs> Chance the rapper was in that game also. What, what what noise does he do? Yeah, it sounds right. I can't do it in my apartment because <laughs> uh, my neighbors are like, what the fuck's going on? So what's happening Revan over Rock, there? Revan Rock and Roll said the meat slab in Super Mario Odyssey. That's true. Again, you guys are just listing things that get you horny. <laughs> <laughs> like a good meat slab. I don't think you understood the topic. Uh, Look, Rich, don't project your own feelings of horniness. Your experiences are not universal. <laughs> Someday we're gonna have to do that, Morgan. I, I'm surprised you haven't come to us with that yet. The horniest characters in gaming, and we talk about it. I'm surprised we haven't had that as a topic. The horniest like characters they, in gaming. I try to slip that into every episode. So I mean, that's really my mo. The least. Right. Someday we're just gonna have to stop skirting around the issue, beating around the bush, so Ooh. to speak. That's what she said. That's enough. Let's, Let's not go. Beat around Moving the bush, on. But then we'll beat our. That's bushes. enough. That's enough. <laughs> that's stop. You stop it. That's not really, Disgusting. It's not really that bushy. I and mean, you don't really beat the bush anyway. Fucking filth. Doesn't really make sense. All right, next caller. Let him go, the you one... filth. Oh, yet another for the one Speaking reborn of spiders. from blood. Um, Anna gone. Mama Bat, a good friend, said, The one reborn from Bloodborne is absolutely terrifying and gross, but it's also my favorite boss in the game for some reason. If I saw that thing in person, though, I'd probably just immediately die in shock. That's the, the creature that's composed of all those bodies. Two... Two people for the one reborn that did not even know. So that you, you know what's funny is because my internet connection kind of shit out when you were saying the one re. I thought you were gonna say one republic the band, and I was like, I don't think they've ever been in a video game, but yeah, that would be pretty terrifying. <laughs> I I would like to ask uh, Mama Bat if she was also terrified of the blob from Inside, which was also composed of a bunch of small. I That's a great see, character I design for to terrifying. Talk shit. about that, but I didn't want to bring it up because that is the whole reveal of that entire game. 
<laughs> it, well, look, if that was we have a general rule here. If it's been like a year or two, that we don't really stress about it too much. Um, but I still think we also have a general mountain time. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> oh, oh I kidding yes. me? <laughs> general Anna, mountain if time. You, if you have not played inside, you should. But if you have, you should let me know because I'm the curious. Gentleman. You were freaked out by the blob, which also was terrifying enough to become us. No, that's not true. They, yeah, it didn't become a sex toy, but it was made from uh, the same company that creates sex toys. They made uh, like a special collector's edition. I feel like we've been here for a long time. That's what she said. All right, she's never said that to you. (laughs) Yeah, you know, people always say that to me, but I have a lot of problems getting it up. Seems like a long time for a long time. Uh, All right. Ruin my joke. Ellie from The Last of Us 2, humans are the worst creatures except for Shay, Rich, mm-hmm. and Josh. <laughs> no, that's true. God no, damn that's it, Jeffrey. That, that's Jeffrey. That, that, that sounds completely got, true. Jeff. I had expected it to be uh, no one else. Tawny, our good friend patron, said, uh, personally, I hate you know what? creepy. Go ahead, Shay. Sorry. Oh, hold, on, hold on. Before before you move on from Jeff's comment, <laughs> he texted me the other day and he wanted to know, uh, Morgan, if. He was asking, he asked me two questions about you. What is your favorite food? Morgan, what is your favorite food? <laughs> My favorite food yeah. in the whole world. Yeah. Porridge. Let me, th- let me think about that. I want to give him a real answer. Let me think about it. What was the it's just question? Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> is that is that counted as a food? Because I don't really think of that. I think of liquids as being a little different. Beverages. beverages. I mean, I it everything I eat goes in a blender. Like, so <laughs> actually, this doesn't have calories. But thank you. Oh, okay, fair enough. Nope. Um, and then the other question he asked me is if you. He said he sent you uh, D in the mail, and he wanted to know if you got it. <laughs> he sent me his D. <laughs> Yeah, very funny. No, not his D. Uh-huh. D. Yeah. Not his D, yeah. but just uh-huh. D. Oh, I got it all right. Yeah. Um, I sent you a Xerox yeah. copy He's of a fax. Did you get that? I, I was not. I was refusing to let Shay set that up. I know where that's going, but he did it anyway. He's like, <laughs> you could just say, "There's nothing I can do to derail that." Here's the, here's the thing. Here's oh, the that thing. Like Sugma? Nobody sets you up yet. You always say, "That's what she said." I wanted to get a D's nuts in this episode, <laughs> like it's balls. 2015 all over again. <laughs> I did my thing. Let's move on. <laughs> but really, what is your favorite food, Morgan? Uh, they. The people want to know. When I think about it, like where I sometimes go for like on my birthday, if I like a very special uh, thing about a couple of restaurants, because usually it's where you eat locally, like where you go. What a long um, walk for us to get here. But one of my favorite, like literally, there's there's a lot of things. If I had to give you a generic answer, there's a there's a special pizza here in town called the Death Valley that I really like. It's like this greasy pizza place called Stage Line Pizza, and uh, but. If they if they make it's like a very spicy pizza that has like hamburger meat, jalapenos, red pepper flakes, all sorts of cheeses. It's it's really pepperoni. It's it's like very delicious. Um, but my my wife makes this thing almost like weekly for me. It's like a a quesadilla, but with eggs. Oh no! Oh no! That did not just happen. Oh god! Uh, sorry. Oh god! It's a quesadilla. <laughs> It's a Jeffrey. I gave you unknowingly gave you a gift of Thank another. Thank you for this. Word for your website. 
Thank you. This is fun for everyone. Oh, you learn something new every day. Oh. <laughs> yes, I know how to say quesadilla. Oh, I know. Really? Because he okay. couldn't quite handle it a minute ago. It's, it's a, it's a, well, that's part of the running joke between me and my wife. It's our, well, now you we know how to say quesadilla because I explained it to you. We call it an agadilla. It's 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 a long running joke. Um, because yes, I know that it's called a quesadilla. But uh, have fun if you will. Um, we'll take six chicken vaginas. It's <laughs> that's inappropriate. Wow, going back to high school for that one. Um, Tawny Salmon said, "Personally, I hate creepy little girls in games the most." Alma Wade from Fear, what creepy little girls? Alma's a good one. But the designs on those creepy little girls are generally the same. That's my problem. Although the girl from yeah. Inside, White. not to call it back again, the one in the water, kind of creepy. Yeah, but- and what about the babies from Dead Space 2? Oh, yeah. Those are one of the like most uncomfortable enemies. Oh, because you have to kill them. Yeah, that was fucked up. Well, they're already dead based off their appearance. That's true. That's true. But it's just they, they try to fuck with you. Yeah, see, that's a that's a good one, though, because they took something like you'd never in a million years want to do harm to a child. The, and they say, hey, it's a zombie, so it's okay. The entire you know? daycare section in Dead Space 2 is fucking horrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weirdly enough, as much as I love the Last of Us games, like I'm not creeped out really that much by the monsters in those games. They're gross. Like, with all the detail and all the eyes and pus, and they're unnerving and stressful, but I wouldn't say that i Well, there's I'm... something a little less scary about clickers to me, personally, because there's sort of this natural aesthetic to them, where they're, yeah. like, overtaken by, like, they're they're fungus, they're mm-hmm. less bodily, like, less decaying flesh. Yeah, it's, I... it's creepy to imagine some, like, a living creature or a human trapped inside of those... Those larger ones with, like, the weird, and they have all those pus balls and eyeballs all mm-hmm. over them and stuff, but, like, I wouldn't... They they are gross and disturbing, but I wouldn't really think of those. I was listening to uh, Alana's podcast a couple weeks ago, and she was talking about how they're one of the only things in games that genuinely freak her out. And I'm like, really? I don't I don't really feel that yeah, way. Yeah, that doesn't so. really trip anything in my brain. Yeah, I oddly enough, I love them, be, but not because they're scary, but oddly enough, because they, again, they they kind of you know take second seat to the humans in those games. The humans are the terrifying things in The Last of Us. Yeah. Yeah, they're more like um they I had they, to they, all they, the comments they feel more like having to deal with an animal or something. Mm-hmm. They're an obstacle preventing you from getting to the next thing. They're never yeah. they're never the real threat. Yeah. I I couldn't place my I couldn't place it because I was looking at the immense amount of detail and like how creepy and disturbing they they should be but i don't necessarily in my own in my own sense like uh, feel that like horrified by them in a weird way like maybe it's because they are based a little more on something that could be this is going to sound insane on something you could see which is i know sounds stupid as opposed to where like in from software games and resident evil it's very much like farther into the fantasy of, well of clearly horror. you've never been to london this is true. This is true. I have not. But yes, creepy little girls. That's a common trope. I will say they are creepy sometimes. I'm with you, Tony. But like the design of them is generally always kind of the same. It's like long black hair, kind of looking down, pale kind of body, torn clothes. You know, it's really, they're all kind of the same, right? Yeah, we're all describing I'm, wrinkly I think Kong. just creepy children in general. I think creepy children in general. Uh, you look at, uh, oh, fuck, I just, good son. Granted, it's a movie, but uh, that 
that movie with Elijah, a very young Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin, where Macaulay yeah. Culkin plays a fucking psychopath. That's, I mean, he's great movie, a creepy yeah. little boy. It's a great movie. It's, yeah. Uh, granted, that's just yeah. one example. I, but, but I would say to Tony, I'd be like, what is it about the character design that's creepy? What is it about that that's creepy? You know, Macaulay Culkin, you mean? Is it just some, <laughs> some deep-seated fear of children? Um, I'm M- so Macaulay scared. Culkin, uh, you know what? You know what? He was a boy. I'm not going to make any jokes. Uh, I was about to start making some jokes. Realized how fucked up that would have been. I'm stopping myself right now. Hmm. I uh, like Macaulay Culkin. I do too. Mm-hmm. I do too. You you'd be horrified, Shay. Like in Catherine, uh, it's like your fears come to life because at one point Vincent's running from like this giant demon baby because he's afraid his girlfriend's pregnant, and I'm like, damn. That's oh, Shay's I thought, fears come to life. I thought right his there. I thought his Tinder account got shut down. That's the true fear right there. <laughs> I got a, a soft ch- ban. <laughs> it's a, it's a soft, uh, he's looking for a hard ban. All right, let's see here. Nidish Kapur. Those blue human-faced creatures in the uh, in Dark Souls 3, the Erythial Dungeon? Ethereal? Blue human-faced creatures. Mm. It, it's a, it's a, like a made-up word, not ethereal. It's I-R-I-T-H-Y-L-L. I honestly, oh, okay. I honestly don't Earth. remember. I'm sure if I saw a picture, I would know what... what... What they're talking should, about. I'm just going to put in blue faced creatures, Dark Souls 3, because that's really specific. Um, and see if it pulls anything up. So, yeah, I mean, I would love to riff off those. It's just I'm not super familiar with them. Uh, blue fleet. No dice. You know, blue faced creatures can be. I mean, I saw the Blue Man group. They were creepy. All right. I saw them in Vegas. It was, it was terrifying. Well, that's what you get for going to Vegas. When I was too young to have sex with a prostitute. Damn. Yeah, that's the real missed opportunity. Yeah. Pro, pro sex? Oh, I was too young to pay for sex. Don't you dare talk. They basically just have giant sex. heads. They're kind of zombie looking things. I'm with, just saying I don't they've have got the giant heads. Morgan. They're re- they are pretty creepy, but they're like. Well, if you lay off the vinyl. Um, th- think a human with mole proportions. That's kind of. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm into it. Yeah. No. Kind of. Well, like that. You know that giant Morning. head, but you know, kind of squat body, little you know, squat legs and stuff. Uh huh. Kind of. Yeah. Squat legs. Something like if that. We could get um one sound bite that we could play any time that'll go straight into the recording. I just want a horny alert button. <laughs> horny alert. <laughs> my friend. Uh... It's a big red button on my desk. I can smack whenever Morgan starts getting out of line. Uh, my friend G Magno said, "Sorry, Morgan." I keep my I big gray this. button under my desk. Um, sorry, Morgan. The first, ter- the most terrifying creature I saw was the first creature I encountered in No Man's Sky. That's actually true. He probably, he probably did one of those. There's some terrifying shit that the random generator makes in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly comically terrifying, I would say. Yeah, the worst is whenever you get like like a random roll for like something ridiculously aggressive that's tiny. So I ran, I ran into a planet that was uh, oh, full yeah, of, like, you know, you. little crabs. Like, these tiny crabs that would swarm you. Yeah. And just, yeah, yeah, they were the worst. Yeah. Just the worst, because you wouldn't even of, see them until they were already attacking you. A lot of weird stuff like that on Reddit. You find those giant monsters with the weird penis. Like, for whatever the random generator did something, their heads make, like, a giant penis, and it's just... 
you know, it, it's it's horrifying. That's and they just sure. charge right right at you. It was probably more funny or creepy before. I haven't seen as many of those nowadays, but there's still definitely some silly looking shit. Uh, Dave Reeves said we called that guy Angly Roadcone when we were kid. Ang Angly Roadcone. That's that's funny. That's just something him and his friends, I guess, said when we were kids. Um, when we were kids, or when they were kids. When they were kids. Okay. I didn't say that. <laughs> we called the. He's talking about Pyramid Head because I had a picture of Pyramid Head on there. Angly Road Cone. So he's thinking well, it like it's, it yeah, it's, like... A, it's it's very. It's very. <laughs> you know what? That's an interesting point. Actually, let's talk about. It's not so much a pyramid. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It is. It's but not though. Look, the pyramid would have all even sides. I I do want to know this: is the head there's a there's a creature under there, right? That's humanoid. Is is its head sealed under the pyramid portion? Like that's bolted down, right? Like it can't eat or I don't really know. Or... Uh, the necromancer that created pyramid and had and I don't really since he moved out, we don't really keep in touch. Mm. I would love to make a video of the anatomy of the pyramid head. Because I would love to just really dissect. Would you just make like, it up? How. Like there was these creatures. I remember, never forget this to this day. I was, I was, I saw this movie called Predators. It was really disappointing considering the cast and. You have to say that, that that like nobody knows what Predators is. No, it was it was the the, the weird one. It was uh, like a Robert Rodriguez version of the, in the Predator franchise. Yeah, no, I know. Um, I had Topher Grace and shit in it, and. Um, <laughs> I had all this high expectation for this film, and there were these creatures that literally had nonsensical attacks. Like, they're, they had these things in front of their mouth that would have prevented them from actually biting things with the mouth that they were trying to attack. And I was, like, reading all these articles at the time about everyone making fun of how, like, the character design actually didn't make sense. Um, and it stuck with me to this day. I was like, who would have designed that? Like, they, di and they didn't even think about, like, whether there was a logic to the creature. Just like, this looks cool, and then they threw it in the, the movie, and I was like, wait. It can't bite people because there's this giant fucking thing in front of its face. You know I, I mean? want to remake Predator and uh, cast Josh Gad in Arnold Schwarzenegger's role. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I. What about um, Josh Groban? I can go with that. Uh, I get, uh, We can give it a shot. <laughs> he could just, he's just singing his way through. You know? Groban could be the Predator. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> That's what we need. That's a very strange image. I like the. I want to see the braids, though. That's for sure. Well, this really took a sharp turn. The, basically, what I'm saying is I want to know if the anatomy of the pyramid head even makes a little bit of sense. Like, it doesn't have to. That's what makes it interesting, right? If if there is a creature in there, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't ever have to be able to breathe or eat or anything. It's it's a demonic force of some sort, but I want to know more about its its makeup. If there's If they put a lot of thought into that or not. End of rant. <sighs> cool. <laughs> Last one. Josh McMullen. The picture says it all. I think it's definitely Silent Hill 2's monsters, and not just because they're scary looking, but also because their psychology ties to James. Mm. They are very scary. Looking. A very lengthy response here. Yeah. Each one of the creatures is designed specifically to act as an emotional and psychological trigger when you look at the narrative now that's true like we're all talking this is a good way to end it because josh like and, and if you're about to say something go ahead but we're all talking about psychological triggers for us as people in a way like shay it's eyes for me it's crotches um 
for for rich. It's uh um, I'm not telling you what it is. Nice try. He, he try <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um it's <laughs> I couldn't even think of something funny because I you know I don't I don't want to say something accidentally that actually ahead. does say it. make you feel sad. Um say it. it <laughs> uh and for Josh it's you know, he fears nothing, you know, because he is you know, a pure embodiment of terror and fear himself. So we're learning a lot about each other, really. And that's what Silent Hill 2 is about. Those creatures were yeah, embodiments. Yeah, like basically, I, I mentioned this earlier, but or in earlier in chat, we were kind of leading up to this, but everything in Silent Hill works. Um, and I don't know how much of that is character design, so much as it's just, like you're saying, the, the narrative design of it. Um, the way the characters yeah. are designed around the narrative yeah. is normally what makes Silent Hill work. So it's a very atmospheric game. Yeah. Silent Hill is still just to this day one of the creepiest games. It is it is so so well made to to get across what they're intending to just from start to finish. It's it's really really impressive that they were able to pull off all of that on the PS2. Yeah, I mean, I think we'd all agree that you know it's interesting to discuss the designs themselves, but you you know you need other factors in the game obviously to make those things work. Um, you can't; it's not a standalone thing, but it's interesting to see the things that have affected us and for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So, um, I used to when I played Final Fantasy VII for the first time, I used to have these nightmares that I'd wake up and my hands were just blocks, and I I, I couldn't grab anything. It was just like ah, mm. you know, it was terrifying. Then you started playing Minecraft, and now it's uh, sort of an empowerment. <laughs> I would have a similar yeah, nightmare no. about Final Fantasy VII where I would dream I was Barrett, and then I'd wake up crying because I didn't know how to reload. <laughs> mm. oh. Josh, you missed my joke in the chat that uh, the most terrifying designs must be the, the new faces they put on the Final Fantasy VIII characters in the remake. No, he saw how it. They all look They're, perfectly yeah. smooth. They are pretty terrifying. <laughs> They're very jarring against those backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I I like them, but I get the the criticism. That's why I don't like. I don't think it's insane. It is. It is a little strange, you know. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I want to thank everyone for leaving a comment. I'll tag you all when the show goes up. A lot of great responses there. Great conversation. Halloween. There's like I've been. I was going to tell you guys this. Um, you know, let's talk about that when we get right back from our first break. We'll talk some games. Let's take a short break, and we'll be right back with more of the Chomcast. What is up, Chomp Nation? This is Morgan here, also known as General Mountain Time. And look, I want to tell you today about our Patreon. That's right, Chomp Nation is growing every day. And if you enjoy what we do, whether it's the Chompcast, our social media, our YouTube channel, Twitter, anything we're doing out there, you can support us. And for just a couple bucks, you can help keep us alive. And honestly, our patrons have basically become family and i want to go over a couple of the cool tiers we have if you want to support us and if you don't that's fine too we're just happy that you download and check out the podcast um our biggest and most popular tier we have is just five dollars five bucks you get access to early spoiler casts that's right chomping after dark you get those several weeks early you get access to our top secret vip instagram that's right. On the podcast, you might hear me say, hey, do you want to be a VIP member of the Chompcast? And you say, I sure do. I sure do. Well, guess what? Boom. That $5 tier makes you a VIP member. 
You get access to this secret Instagram page that has top secret videos and pictures and polls that only VIP members get. And those polls and those feedback questions that we get, if it's a question of the week, for example, are read on the show, we make you a part of what we do. Um, so go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. You can look for our $5 tier, which is probably our most popular. And then from there, it escalates. We have a $10 tier, a $20 tier for Skypes. There's a lot of great things. Just head on over to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Check it out. And if you want to support us, it would mean the world to me, Rich, Josh, and Shay, and everyone else out there in Chomp Nation. Until next time, General Mountain Time salutes you. We're back with more of the Chompcast, and so yeah, let's so let's talk some Hades. I guess you want to talk some more Hades. Um, part seventeen, Chompcast Hades Spectacular. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so <laughs> it you never finished, ends. So so just like Hades, you can beat it a hundred times. It never it's never over. Um, it's okay, never so over. So my understanding is that if you beat the game ten times, you get the true endings. Is this the case? So, basically, after the first time you beat it, you haven't technically beaten the game. Um, What ends up happening is, essentially, your goal... um, I'm trying to be vague for obvious reasons. um, Is achieved, but then your goal expands after that. And so, you are motivated to beat it nine more times. And... Once you do beat it the tenth time, the game is technically over. You roll credits. However, of course, the game encourages you to continue to play. They give a they give a a reason that was very very convenient and kind of kind of made me chuckle. <laughs> in in a way, it was like basically, well, we need you to keep trying to break out um, for this and this, and it was it was a, it was one of those kind of convenience things. Um, it's a plot contrivance. But yes, exactly. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Uh it was a plot contrivance. And it made me kind of chuckle because uh, a company that is very well known for their writing that that like that was the only slight glaring issue I remotely had with the story and even then it's not a big deal, but no, what I wanted to talk more about were, were two things. Um and Josh can attest to this, which is why I, I wanted to talk about it. Um, Morgan, you had mentioned that it was difficult for you to get into the game when you first played it and tried it out. Um, and it was difficult to get over that hump of beating it the first time. And some of our people in the Discord were feeling similarly. Um, they had mentioned that, you know, it was it was getting frustrating trying to get through the first time. And I actually had to go back and think about when I actually, excuse me, first struggled with the very first boss in the game, which is one of the theories. Um, I I had to remember back when that fight first gave me trouble. And what's such a cool aspect about that game is if you go into, um, you go out of the underworld and you have no mission, you have no directive, you have no goal you're just going to be spinning your wheels 
And that's something that took me a little while to learn in that game. It, when you go out, you want to start making goals for yourself. And when you do that, you start to see the progress. And when you actually get to that point, it's like with anything, like when you're learning an instrument or you're practicing a new language, when you start getting to the point to where you're making the progress, to where you understand the systems, you understand how the enemies yeah. work, the game really, really is fun. It's that uh, middle section that becomes so fun because you're still being challenged, but you are not dying at every little thing. And you start figuring out what boons work together. And I, I really started to enjoy the game after the first few times I beat it. You know, it was frustrating for me, like I'm sure it was for a lot of people, to get over the hump the first time. But once you do, the game really starts to pick up. Um, I think the Josh loop becomes is, even is, more addictive, like you're saying, Shay. Like, for me, I was hooked just trying to get that first win. But I think once you, like, for one, something clicks in your brain to go, cool, I did the hardest thing. And then somehow, like, changing the stakes and stuff by adding, like, these different discrepancies and different rule sets, it just becomes more fun to see the different ways you can do things. Like, I think the loop, weirdly enough, it has the opposite effect that I think most games fail in. Like, the loop gets more addictive once you've done it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but that, I think that's the, it, the here's the, here. I'll help clarify what Shay's saying a little bit. That's the one who bounced off it, but I actually just recently bought it on Switch. And I'm enjoying it, and hopefully I get through the part that I was sort of like the hump for me, um, which I think that I probably will. Um, when Shay's saying you need to make goals for yourself, I think where people are getting confused and where it can feel frustrating is you think of the goal as being to finish the run. And what Shay's saying is, no, that's not your ultimate goal. Your ultimate goal might be get as many keys as I can or get as many of this or that or try to learn. Like, well, it's if incremental your goal, progress. Like, if your goal from the, the, yeah, from the first run, shouldn't it, it's just not feasible. But that's the thing. Most people don't. The roguelike is not a popular genre. And when you think about a roguelike, Says the idea that I you're finishing the. I don't think that's true. Well, okay. Well, I will respectfully disagree with you, but I, I don't think that you're like, you're like crazy wrong or anything. I just think of that as more of a niche genre. Um, a genre where you're supposed to just sort of grind through these dungeons and die over and over again. Um, and we can agree to disagree on that. But my point why I feel that way is because a lot of people play uh, – a lot of games this year are roguelikes, Josh, and nobody's playing those games. Um, That's Hades also is, not true. Hades, <laughs> you got – okay, you also told me that Dwarf Fortress was popular and nobody thought it was. So the, the, I'm just trying to add a perspective on what? that. You're, um, you're, you're, you're projecting your the, experiences onto it. Like you don't like roguelikes. I, that doesn't mean they're unpopular. I, yeah, no one, like no one played like, so Dwarf Fortress. One of my Fortress. favorite games of all time is Into the Breach, <laughs> and that is absolutely a roguelike. When I was a kid, I loved rogue. Even like those shitty Pokemon dungeon games. I played roguelikes my whole life. I liked them. Um, Apparently not. Why? Just because I don't think they're popular doesn't mean I like them. Like, I, Into the Breach is one of my favorite games ever. those Pokemon games are roguelikes. Nine, yeah. they, they are. They're technically roguelikes. Um How? Have you ever played the Mystery Dungeon games? Briefly. I'll, I'll give you that. I haven't played much of them. I did not think okay. they were roguelikes based off things people have said to me. What would them. you have considered them? I don't know. Like, dungeon, dungeon, dungeon crawlers? crawlers? Yeah. Well, okay. Being procedural, is it's it's the death part that matters in there. So the Pokemon yeah, games not... aren't that. Like, cause you, you go back into the same procedural thing. That's like saying Persona's a roguelike because the dungeons are random. 
No, I mean, not necessarily if you're not getting to those dungeons on the first try. I mean, I guess if it's very easy for you, then it might not feel... I think the term be like roguelite, I guess, is something people throw Well, no, roguelite is when it's still run When there's progression. But you keep progression. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Hades so maybe, is a roguelite. Yes, yeah. Okay, so maybe Spelunky the Spelunky is a roguelike. Uh, because there's no, well, there's progression the shortcuts, in the it's... shortcuts, but those aren't actually progression. Those are just to you help you. They're you a don't learning get more aid. Powerful. Yeah, they you don't make you stronger. They're just they, they allow you to skip to the thing that has been killing you over and over again, so you can learn it for the actual so run later. It faster. It's, yeah, it's and and into the breaches. I know we refer to mostly this turn based strategy yeah. game, but it's also a roguelike. Yeah, that one's a roguelike. Um, you you unlock new stuff, but none of it's power upgrades they're just new you still have the same whole new tool every sets. time you go yeah. in yeah yeah mm-hmm. i and again that just because i don't think it's a very popular genre doesn't mean i don't there's a lot of genres i've always like i always wanted to love turn-based strategy games but they were very difficult for me that doesn't mean i didn't enjoy them i just would get a point to where they would kick my ass and i'm like well, well no, I, I that sucks get that but what i'm saying is like I, I i just don't think it's fair to say they're not popular because there are a lot of them and a lot of people play them Okay, so I would look at Hades. Well, we could just take a look at this very briefly. And and sure, I will open up the conversation and say maybe I, I will keep an open mind. What would you say the second most popular rogue like this year would have been besides? Um, Spelunky is a big one up there. Sp- Spelunky uh, is a big one. Rogue Legacy 2 is an early access. That's doing very well. Um, trying to think off the top of my head because there's more than that I've played this year. It seems like more of the hardcore PC crowd is when I think of the roguelikes. I think Spelunky has transferred over, I would agree, but I still think that that's more of a minority than, uh, you know, a popular genre. So, But I, I do agree that the PC fan base definitely seems to have the hardcore, uh, a more affinity for, you know, roguelikes, people that are surfing around on their Steam accounts and stuff like that for whatever reason. Um, yeah, we're the, we're the outliers. I... I would say so. I mean, it's the largest platform, but like an order of magnitude. But sure, the outliers. Yes, the heart, the platform is larger, Josh. But the but because it's so large, you have so many people that are just casually playing Call of Duty, or you have people like you that are very passionate in your indies and your smaller games. It's a larger platform, but it's also segmented a much larger way. So, especially with Twitch now. So that's what I'm saying. Just because the platform is very large, which is true, it is the largest platform. I don't necessarily think that necessarily correlates to the, a certain genre being very popular, just because it finds success. So, um, why well, you guys are really defending these roguelikes? What I strike some sort of a nerve? They've no, existed just, for like the last forty years, and it's strange. What your that... basis for saying they're unpopular is like it, it seems like you're not super into them, so that translates it to it not being popular to you. Yeah, they didn't I, stick I, around I for forty fun. years for no reason. I, first of all, I wouldn't say that I'm not super into them, but I would say that as someone who's, for the most part, followed games my whole life, I can't think of very many roguelikes that stick out in a very meaningful way in gaming history. I I, I do agree with you with Spelunky. Spelunky. Um, rogue, not, rogue Legacy is not a game. I could ask 20 people about the game. The and genre is based after a game. It. Like, it's rogue is still amazing. Netrunner, the, like, the... Sort of the the Mac sci-fi one, actually, I think it was on more than Mac, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, we can harp on this forever. So I'll say agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
anyways, uh, the reason I mentioned that it was more of a niche genre is because a lot of people that I've noticed I've talked to or like people in our Discord are going to approach it from the more traditional way you might approach a game, which is you want to finish the game. And finishing the game here is not finishing the game. That's my larger point. As with roguelikes, it's, and I feel like the reason that's going to rub people the wrong way, or just maybe rub them off a little at first, that sounds dirty, yeah, is because that's that's not the point. Like Shay was saying, even for me, I was getting frustrated. you got to beat this game ten times just to really see the true ending, and like you were saying, it gets more interesting yeah. as you finish it once. But finishing it once is not easy for most people, so it's it feels <sighs> daunting. It can feel frustrating. I've, I've died so many times. Yeah. That I just I, gave I up. I think you know? what again, though, makes it feel not insurmountable, though, is that progress feels real. Like, even your first to, like, third time running it, like, you can noticeably see yeah. yourself getting better and getting Like, one stronger. of the first... No, it's not one of the first. I'm no, trying to think how far no. down the tree. It's not that far down, but, like, you... Before too long, you start with double the health you did, which is a yeah. pretty big deal for for a game like that. Then once you have, like, once you've unlocked all the Defy Death uh, stuff, and you're being like, okay, I can go in here and die twice before I even yeah, have to Yeah, so, like, okay, anything. yeah, now now I've got, like, essentially... Quadruple a, the health, yeah. yeah. It, no, but you guys are leaving valuable things out, which is unfair. They stack the odds really, really against you. So the second time you go back through that don't. dungeon, everything's different. The enemies are way stronger. No, like, I, I mentioned this before. I mentioned this before. It's the first run true. No, it's not. is a little harder than every other run, and that's it. No, my second run was every single room was yellow enemies. Well, it's every because you room, chose to go run. into those rooms. That shows every single room was a yellow enemy, he, and you said show, yourself, Josh, it shows like, you what's on the door. Stack the, it shows you what's like, on the door when stack. you go in to choose it. But I did notice on my first run because I'd gone back to it because I didn't transfer my progress over with um, whenever I bought it again on Steam. It's just started over to start over that first run. Basically, all the enemies. It was. It wasn't that they were harder it wasn't that they all had armor or anything it just spawned about twice as many as usual um yeah in yeah, order that, to make sure i that, died before because they, they have crushing they need to give you because they want you to die yeah, that's that, and, and that was they, literally they the only time there it, are yeah. the rooms themselves have different rarities because you can get mini bosses and you can get armored enemies and it shows you that on the door when you go to pick what, what room you're going yeah. into it um it's so a few th things there the original game before it you know in early access was a much more difficult game i do remember that and they started patching up a lot of those enemies um thankfully because i do remember those laser enemies i remember this from when we first played were insanely difficult mm -hmm. um they definitely nerfed those guys down a little bit but the 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 progression as you beat the game or you play the game more it does not get more difficult per room it's based on chance and it's based off of like what josh is saying in part due to which rooms you go into so it may have been the case where on your second run morgan you happen to go into rooms with all yellow enemies but the game is not purposefully leveling up with you like some other roguelikes some other roguelikes and other games do level up the enemies with the character this game doesn't do that it may have been the case where you 
selected the rooms that happen to have all these more difficult enemies and that's unfortunate yeah. it happens from time to time they don't I mean, explain that's the, part of the, the randomization of a game yeah they don't explain would, the encounter rarities like at any point in the game um I they just this. exist I would like to dig and in. uh like you'll notice when you're going into a room it'll have like a skull with like a certain number of like chirons saying what rank it is um so like either yes. nothing or a skull with like one or two chirons that just kind of showing yeah, and what to be rank fair, it is though, some of those and you some can... of those some of those rooms do have yellow enemies in there and they don't have a skull on them sometimes that does happen and sometimes they do have a skull so yeah, yeah. Um, it, it all even depends even if it's randomizing it, it still feels it still feels like the game is stacked against you because they it, want you to die so you can get more story if you beat the whole game in like one shot then it it just it doesn't feel like that's going to happen or that they really want that to happen. It's not like you're saying, Josh. It's not about, the it's about learning. Like the first to... first several runs are about learning the game. And then I was telling this to Shay after I, I can't remember if I mentioned this on the show or not. I don't I don't think I did. But the first run you kinda squeak by, you get there, you know, just barely hanging on after finishing the last boss. Um, and mm. it'll probably take you a couple other runs to finally master everything else going on. Um, yep. I got my second win in, and literally all the rest of them, two to ten, were a win one after another, trying different weapons, so I was learning the different weapons and stuff. You were just comfortable with it. But I point. knew yeah. what the enemies did at that point. So even with a completely different moveset, with different enemies being spawned in all these rooms, I know what was going on. And so it goes from, you know, like 20 deaths with, you know, barely squeaking by a win to finally getting my second Just through 10th through win in yeah. a row. Cause you understand the system. Yeah, that's the game. A, huh. And that's exactly what happened to me as well. Um, uh, you know, Morgan, you are right in that. It, it, it's to me it's akin to something like Meat Boy where you are you are going to die and you are going to do it because you are learning the systems. Um I don't necessarily believe that it is to build more story because at the end of the day you can choose whether or not you talk with those characters, whether you build a relationship with them. Um the story exists outside of that. Um, I've actually learned as you beat the game, the story exists outside of that. Now, is the story going to be as fulfilling? Definitely not. But you can choose to play that way if you want, and there is still enough of a story there to justify beating the game tw 10 times. Uh, but like Josh yeah. is saying, once you get over that hump and you beat it the first few times, you just fly through. Um, like Josh was, like Josh and I were talking about this privately, he figured out that, um, and for anybody who wants to figure this out that doesn't want to listen to this part, go ahead and skip forward to the next, like, Mechanic spoilers incoming? Yes, mechanic spoilers, I guess. I, I, I mean, if you want to figure mechanics. this out on your own, you know, like, I understand people like to figure some things out on their own. They don't want strategies told to them. But once you like? once you get a hold of the gloves and you upgrade the gloves with Titan's blood um, and you take some of the upgrades in the mirror, you fucking just start flying through the game. And like Josh said, um, he he eventually stopped using the gloves because it got too easy. And it got to that too point easy. for me, too. It got to that point for me, too, where the game just got insanely easy because of the amount of DPS you're doing. So um, I started changing weapons. You know, I beat the game with uh, the bow and arrow. 
I beat the game with a shield a few times. I beat it with the the, the gloves. Um, I think I beat it also with the spear once as well. And it's less about trying to make you suffer through the game. It's trying to make you learn. And it's, to me... You can take it as that way, Morgan, and, and other people, and I totally understand that. And like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and refute that it can be frustrating trying to play through that game, a game that's, you know, in part predicated on you dying. I mean, that is, unfortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, that's part of the way the game is. But I relate it to a real-life scenario, like I alluded to at the very beginning of this entire conversation, to where it's it's something in life that you want to get better at and you you just have to learn it you have to learn all the ins and outs of what it is you're trying to do once you understand well, yeah. the boons then you understand how they stack together um one of the things at the very beginning when i first started playing this game i was um you get the little ham it looks like a little hammer you go in there and it upgrades your weapon and i thought that those upgrades were absolute trash when I first started going through the game, I was like, why is this even in here? Because I was using the shield the whole time. And then it didn't register to me until I started using the glove, how good those abilities really are. Because with the glove, it can actually extend the range. Um, it can make you invulnerable in certain situations. And I realized that those are the upgrades that you really Every time those come up, if you don't already have the upgrades you want, you want to go to those every single time. And when I started piecing those little things together, I realized what what in my mind where the knowledge gaps were, where the skill gaps were, and I started filling those in, and that's what made the game a lot easier. And I feel like that's yeah. obviously similar to real life um, is what I'm trying to say. So I, I, I get where you're coming from, Morgan. I get the frustration there because I felt it too. But it really, you stick with it. You realize that you are going to progress almost every run, and it gets a lot better. Well, and, and I want to say one quick thing here. I got to put my kid to sleep, and you guys can, I'm sure you guys can talk some more about that the thing? Some, some other stuff. But um... – I, it's not like a huge deal for me. It's not like some sort of like deal breaker. It's just that's why I ended up bouncing off the game. Like I yeah, don't absolutely. mind difficult games. And like I think the thing that frustrated me compared to a lot of games was I felt like I I would have a run. I got I did really well. I'd go back again with the same weapon and everything I learned, and I got a quarter as far. And then the next time I got even less farther than that, and I started to get frustrated. I'm like, I know I'm not getting worse. I are this what's happening. I did, and so that's why I initially started yeah. to bounce, and nothing had happened in the story yet that that really piqued my interest. I know it's probably going to get interesting, and I like the the tone of the story. But at that point in the game, nothing had really happened, so I'm like, okay, I bounced off and just got distracted by some other games that I was more into. Yeah. I I'm not disliking it. It's just that's there's there's a bounce there's sort of like a bouncing off learning curve point there. And there is an I'm hoping yeah like you mentioned with the whole build thing it, focusing too much in your build early on is kind of a red herring because you can have just the most insane damage ever just complete yeah. nuts build but if you don't understand the enemies they will He's wreck nuts. you um and that's I think some mm. of the some of some of what's going on there like in, until you've mastered all the enemies there Something that you just blew by the first time because you just, you know, they happen to not use an attack that you're not good against or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, 
can end up well and i got a really good drop that's... on the spear i was using and i just yeah. flew that's why i'm not i don't even think it's a bad thing that you can get a good drop and it really gives you a good run it's just it's it's kind of the high of those games it's why yeah. the drops are fun it's well, i don't i don't think it is like a horrible thing but a lot it of was it, very much like a lot of it is again they tell you nothing about the systems on this game which is an interesting choice but a, I, i've i've had to kind of put my uh put my theory crafting pants back on because there's a ton going on in this game that's not told to you and which that that's this is how i ended up like Shay was saying earlier, figuring out the whole gloves thing. I'm like, okay, I realize you can upgrade the crap out of these, and um, it just yeah, just just nice. mathematically, well, every point of avoidance you have in a game is worth more than yeah. the last point. Well, and like you were saying, Josh, you were like, there's they said there was a gloves and a gun. So like this time through, I've literally just been trying to get as many keys as I can. Mm-hmm. I just want to get all the weapons, and that's good as soon as possible. That's good. It's all. Yeah, that's that's a well, good that's a I'm... good goal to have. Um, and kind of while you're doing that, you're 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 learning the enemies, and and that is the actual progression in the game. Like there's there's progression, mm-hmm. and there's a ton of stuff that actually increases your skill. Or not your skill, but your your power level in the game. Um, but it's they're they're kind of tricking you by like here, go do this thing that's obviously going to increase your power level. But the yeah. it's kind of slow. the The power increases in this game um, to the point where they um, actually I mentioned before I really like the god mode in this game as far as a way to. It's like an accessible way to fly through. So it it's not even want, flying basically. through it. It's just every time you do a run, you get a flat damage increase, um, which is a good way to just oh, make really? it so. Eventually, you are you'll so eventually powerful, you're just smashing just, everything. Yes, but you still have to complete. A, oh, every run, even if you fail. I'm yes. pretty sure it's every run. It might yes, be yes. every failed okay. run, but I think it's just every run. Um, okay. Okay. Well, I and I could let me just say yeah. this quick thing, and well, then I gotta go, and and because yeah. I'll just say this last quick thing. I don't. I was mostly trolling Rich last week. Um, I don't think it's like a, a bad game or anything. I, I if I didn't like it, I wouldn't have bought it again on the Switch. It was on sale for like twenty bucks. Um, Are you sure you're really also, impulsive? Uh, I, <laughs> I also picked there. There's something about the game that they've hit on. I mean, that's that's why the game is doing so well. It it fe- has a good feel yeah. to it. I enjoy the combat. Like it's it's a it's a nice concept. Like it just has a nice feel to it it's just i i hit that frustrating hump and i couldn't get over it the first time and i'm hoping that this time i get over the hump that's what i'm hoping happens but i i'm enjoying the game i might not be maybe not as enjoying as much as rich is because he keeps saying a bunch of crazy things but um nothing crazy about what i'm saying i in fact i'd say 75 percent of this this podcast feels that way (laughs) it's game of the year i'm gonna have to go back through my list but it's definitely (laughs) up there That'd be a shitty year. Well, um, maybe for you. I, I think I'm, just, I'm trolling. I'm trolling. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You I, guys like went over four conversations. I didn't get to jump in. I want to jump in here, Morgan. I know you need to leave, so head out and come back when you come back. Um, one thing I do want to say about just, this: let the dick sucking commence. Yes, exactly. Um, one of the last things I want to say about the game, and then we can kind of r- wrap up the conversation here um, as we move on to some of the other games, is. Josh had made a point that even if you get a good power up early on in the game, that doesn't mean that you are going to wreck face. And I think that's kind of one of those learning experiences 
is you take something, you're like, oh, wow, I got something really good. I should be able to do much better. And in theory, you should be able to, but if you don't know what you're doing with it, it's not going to get you that far. Um, yeah. And I, th- I think that's by design. I think you are – you. It, it is in some ways an old school game feel to it, to where they really don't tell you a lot of things. Uh, the uh, Josh and Rich had told me about how you can upgrade your weapons after you unlock them all. I didn't know about that. There are different weapon variants. I didn't know about that. That's something that you know I learned from these guys, and it may or may not have been something I ever stumbled upon. And I think that is a good thing. And the reason why I say that is because it still lends itself to being able to play the game how you want to play it. And we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to harp on it too much, but the game can just be played in so many different ways. And I think that is its greatest strength is that at first I was like, well, the shield is clearly the best weapon in the game. And by the end of the game, I felt like every single weapon has its place and it's all about learning the style when i started playing with the gloves and i and i went away from the shield because i was using the shield as a defensive slash long range variant of what i wanted to Mm -hmm. be doing the gloves are so much different it's all up close it's all about speed and it's all about strictly offense um and that's dependent on what kind of items you equip and whatnot on the side as well and so then when i went shake it up so much too that yeah. as well, yeah. But when I went back to the shield, I found myself playing a more balanced style with the shield. I wasn't just trying to throw the shield and block the whole time. I was actually using its close range um, at times because I had used the gloves so much that I it made more sense. And for certain enemies, it makes more sense to be up close to them. So by forcing myself to play different styles, I ended up figuring out what i liked at the end by the end of the game and i love that about this game i love that so much that it gives you the freedom both in quantity and in quality of the game to be able to explore how you want to play the game and all of them are viable once you learn the system that is i think one of the greatest strengths about this game is that there's so many different ways you can play it and it can seem overwhelming at times but once you start learning everything it's all it's all great and you can use it all and you can win so uh that was kind of where i was at by the end of the game i was really really pleased um having used multiple different weapons different bones from different gods to play and beat the game and i was just i was super thankful you know by the end of the game like that I I was able to learn the system and I was able to have a lot of fun with it because I knew that there was a good game there. I just needed to go over my own frustrations and um, get to it. So cool. uh, Yeah. I don't know if you guys really have anything else you want to add because I have a feeling this will probably be the last big conversation we have about it. Before uh, we're yelling at each Morgan, other. <laughs> well, yeah, until either Morgan plays it through all the way through or until we do the chomping after dark. I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to say. I think that that covers my thoughts on it until, like you said, we do the after dark. Um, yeah. Or until Morgan has more thoughts. I, we, we've talked about that game quite a bit. I like that game a fucking lot. I don't think there's much more I need to add right now. Yeah. Um, I, I, I hinted at this earlier with the whole theory crafting thing, but there's a lot you have control of as far as the randomization goes w- without a few other than a few situations where you are kind of forced to choose something. But um, 
there are a ton of different gods that can give you boons. Um, you'll only be able to collect four of them in a run. So if you're going for a build and okay. you see something you don't want, don't take it. Um, is kind of one of the things there because you'll end up not getting the other options because you're you're stuck. You only you get well you you get four plus Hermes because Hermes shows up for like the second half of the the run always because his are way less. They're mostly passive. Way, generally, way less impactful boons. Like, they can be extremely strong in the right circumstance, but usually kind of more general. So, like, yeah, like, there, there's a lot of stuff that seems like it's completely random, but it ends up... You, 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 you can start, manipulate it if you, you know can what manipulate you're looking it, for. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I, you know, it's funny, like, at first I thought Hermes' boons were absolute garbage, and then when I started, I remember the first time I beat the game, or the first time I beat Hades, I should say, excuse me. And Spoilers. I had used his run faster and be able to dash two more times ability. Mm-hmm. And that just helped me so much the first time I got through. So then when it started coming to Hermes, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take two more dashes because it's super helpful throughout um, the game to be able to have additional dashes. And especially if you get other boons to pair with your dash, like there are certain boons that will pair with yeah. your dash as well. So, yeah. Hermes th- th- is all about like putting the final touches on your build. Like you get dashes. Those are good with any of the yeah. dash boons. He gives you a ton of stuff that interacts with your cast, which if you, if you're going for a cast build, like you, you, you really want some of the cast based stuff that Hermes has there. Um, for to, sure, to, for sure. You know, really kind of spike your power level at the very end there. Yeah, I will say one of my hardest runs was. Um, this will be the last thing I will say, <laughs> actually, because I said that five minutes ago. The very last thing I'll say is one of my hardest runs was you can. Josh talked about this weeks ago, where basically you turn on some modifiers after you beat uh, Hades the first time that will garner you more resources but it makes the game more difficult mm-hmm. and one of the ones i chose i wanted to give it a try was instead of having three choices um per boon of what you mm. upgrade you have two choices and man was that fucking hard because it really yeah. t- it, it really like of course you, it's left to randomization um and i'm sure like more like morgan felt with getting all yellow enemies and every room i was like man they are taking every single choice i want away from me for the boon and it it got really frustrating and i was able to still pull out a win but man was that a frustrating modifier to turn on and it was still it was rewarding to beat the game with that modifier on but yeah there's just so much in this game i I, that's the reason why we've talked about it week after week after week is because there is so much here and I, I get it. It's probably frustrating for people who haven't played Hades, don't want to play Hades, who played it and got turned off by it. I get it. But there's just a ton of content here. And uh, it's a great studio. So uh, th- I think that'll put the Hades talk to bed for the foreseeable future. So praise be Yahweh and let us rejoice. Uh, but yeah, while, while Morgan is gone, I'm going to move us to some discussion on Eichenfell, which is a game 
which is a game that Josh had told us a few weeks ago. He's like, you need to play this game. And he he talked about it by sending us a, a YouTube cl- uh, audio clip of the acoustic 8-bit music that happens in the game. And I thought mm-hmm. that it sounded amazing. And I that said, you know what? stuff is so fucking good. It is. It is. And from there, I was like, you know what, Josh? Whenever he recommends something to me, like... I feel guilty because he does recommend a lot of stuff and sometimes I just I sometimes I sleep on it sometimes I just don't have time for it and sometimes I make time for it and it had been a while since I'd ma- made time for one of Josh's recommendations <laughs> so I was like you know what I need to do it now while I have some free time um and I'm so glad I did I can fill um did we talk about it already on the podcast yet or no have we talked about it at all we We've brought it up. Josh not... might have lightly touched on it, but I don't. I don't know if either of us because remember we took a week off, so I don't know if either of us had started it yet at that point. Yeah, I think it was okay. just me, okay. kind of explaining. So... I, I kind of explained the general structure of how it was a uh, basically oh, you know, a JRPG, I... but you've got a tactics game for the actual combat. Now, now I can remember. Yes. Yeah, Shay, you and I have had each played about an hour, so we had barely tapped. That's into it. right. That's right. That's right. Okay, so this will be kind of a continuation from that conversation. Uh, Rich has since beat it. Um, I'd say I'm about a third of the way f- through the game. Josh has beaten it, obviously. Uh, worth worth the, noting, if you're listening to this, there is a review up on the site. Um, it'll be yes. up tomorrow as of us recording this. Well, it'll it'll be up a few days ago as this podcast launches. Yes. <laughs> there, you can read it. You can read the words I wrote. yes exactly uh but this game like i won't retread over what we already talked about other than to say the simple fact of just a quick reminder the story is about a girl she goes um to this school for wizards or not sorry not wizards what did i say what is this fucking harry potter yeah it kind of is yeah that's true it kind of is uh basically she goes to the school to look for her sister um who she hasn't been in touch with for a while and the the story kind of takes off from there and it's in a it's in a retro style graphically and audio wise as well and uh what i want to talk about first and foremost uh with you guys is i think the characters are what i want to talk about because part of this game is you end up getting three characters in your party you find more characters and you can swap between which whichever characters you want and there are obviously other characters you run into into the world as well but i i I wouldn't say necessarily it's one of my favorite in terms of character development this year but it has some absolutely awesome and fun dialogue and some really fun characters in the way that they're introduced and the way that they're used um each character in battle has a very different unique style and obviously that comes with um the the setting of the game which is you know each uh character is a wizard who has a different ability essentially and they play he very differently and i thought it was it me for a second there because you were holding well. so still rich but that was that was shay oh he's there did i freeze up yeah you, you froze you up freezed up for long enough that it was concerning yeah Normally, kind of let it ride, but that was like a good 20, 30 second freeze. And we're like, uh oh. <laughs> oh, I froze up for that long? Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was quite some time. What's the last thing you guys heard? 
uh, you were just just beginning to start going into the characters in battle. It, what apparently was a 30-minute monologue. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been 30 minutes. Uh, well, I guess you guys will have, you, well, Josh will have the Audacity recording, so it'll still be uh-huh. good. But uh, yep. essentially what I was saying, so you guys know, is that each character plays differently in battle, and it kind of plays to their personality, is what I was saying in a very long totally way. Totally, yeah. Those those animations are like so unique and colorful, and to, to like comment on the character stuff, uh, honestly, this is something I wrote about in the review. It was funny you kind of said jokingly, Shay, like, "What is this Harry Potter?" And I really noted in the review how this, in a lot of ways, kind of feels like it's like poking its head at the idea of Harry Potter. Because there is very much a focus on the idea of this trio of characters that are basically gender swapped in this version, uh, version like two two uh, girls, one boy. But what I really liked is that it starts to explore the kind of stuff that like the idea of novels like Harry Potter brush under the rug of like what what sort of effect would it have on like the faculty and the rest of the student body if these three students are constantly going on adventures with like no regard for the safety of others yeah they i mean what's kind of cool about the game is, is obviously not the focal point um but they the game does uh touch a little bit on and pokes fun at certain things you know, one of the one of the things I always thought was interesting about Harry Potter, and I don't mean to make this about Harry Potter, um, but I think it's something all of us were familiar with because we all grew up at around that time, is it always felt like, you know, there there were there was obviously a clear favoritism for certain students in that story, whereas other students were kind of just left to the wayside, and they play with that in this game. I really like that, and there there's. Um, there's a particular event where basically you have to go into the rich people's dorms and there's a there's a whole little side story along with that and it was really really fascinating that they played along with it so there is a little bit of tongue in cheek poking fun at those type of stories but there's also a little bit of social uh commentary there as well and, and it's not so overt that you're rolling your eyes and you're saying I don't need any kind of um didactic storytelling in my games but it also it's it's aware of the time it's been created yeah. is i think the yeah. best way i could word that especially kind of continuing the harry potter thing in a lot of ways that harry potter wasn't because the way that story wraps up is just kind of and everything goes back to normal you're like oh Great. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that the resolution to all of this? We stopped the magic fascists. <laughs> yeah, and everybody lived happily. Yeah. That's a, granted, I haven't beaten the game yet, so I'm going to be able to speak a little bit less to this. But from what I've played so far, yeah, the game is just very aware of the time it's been created in. And I, I love... Um, to go kind of expand beyond that, I love the simplicity of the story because it's it's such a simple idea. Go find your sister in this magic school, and the what's interesting is it doesn't take the game doesn't take place over a vast area. You're not like warping to different worlds or islands or countries or even cities. You're it ninety. 
as of right now, 90 to 95% of the game takes place inside of the school grounds. It, it really is and basically, that. Yeah. And you're just going from building to building. Yeah, the, they give you a map at the beginning of the game yeah. of the school and very minimal surrounding area. That's the map. Um, yeah, exactly. I like that. And beca- I like that because it feels it feels sprawling enough um, with enough secrets to where you're like, okay, obviously this is going to be unlocked at some point. This is going to be al- unlocked at some point. But it doesn't feel... So it doesn't feel overly sprawling or overly contained. It feels like the the right size for the game that you're playing. I I also really like um this is a weird subtle just choice for that universe that I really like. They talk about like when when you go to the equipment screen in that game for weapons, like they talk about early on the idea of wands and they talk about how it's less about like the actual practical idea of a magic wand and more about having something to focus your abilities. So everybody's quote-unquote yeah. wand is something specific to them. Like, one mm-hmm. of your characters is an artist, and so her wand is a paintbrush. Uh, like, the really studious character, his wand is, like, a fountain pen. Uh, yeah. they're, they're just It's cool ideas they play with. Yeah, and, like, you unlock different ones, things that, like, you know, oh, obviously this is going to be something you can, you know, concentrate more fully on. Like, the main character starts at the beginning of the game with a pocket, with a pocket knife. knife. Because that's what she has on her. Yeah, and then you, as you go on, and she kind of starts to understand her the the fire magic that she now has. It becomes more and more obviously fire wand type yeah. things uh, yep. instead of just you know the pocket knife she had in her pocket whenever the you know the game starts. Um, right, right. And I, I again, it's. Every time you get a new upgrade for that, they're not massive upgrades. They're like a single level's worth of, you know, power upgrade that you get. They're not huge upgrades, but I feel like they're really cool narratively. Kind of like you're saying, like, okay, what what is the next thing? Like, what what would this character see as, you know, the next thing that would help them to focus that would be like, oh, more? This full- is an improvement. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. thought that was cool. I, I did too, and like to kind of expand upon that because that actually brought me up to my next point, my next question for you guys. What I really like about that system is it feels very consistent. That's one thing I want to say about this game is it's extremely consistent. In when you're leveling up and you get the items, you, then you start encountering the harder enemies, and the way the way the battle system works and with the way the leveling system works, it's a very typical leveling system and item system. Uh, I think any typical RPG, there's nothing out of the ordinary there, I I wouldn't say. Uh, The enemies are always slightly harder than you when you first encounter them, slightly to moderately, depending on if it's a boss or not. And you you get the resources to be able to succeed early on, but like we talked about with the previous game we talked about, about until you understand, you know, you're going to get your ass kicked a few times. And... Once you understand the enemies, then you you get just enough of them to where you get the hang of the enemies and you get the hang of the timing. Um, as we talked about previously with the game, when you when you go to attack or dodge slash block, there's a timing um, animation that you have to click right on um, to get a great. Uh, there's a good clicking on that's nice, and if you mess it up, 
uh, it's an oops, which either you deal minimal damage or you are dealt massive amounts of damage or you're poisoned, mm-hmm. you lose a turn, yeah. so on and so forth. I think and, it's important to note in a lot of games that do this, it always feels like something like tacked on. It is vital in this game. You will yes. not succeed if you're not engaging with it. Um, right. E- even there's a, a clutch mechanic, yeah. which is if an enemy's, if you're getting hit with a lethal attack and you time it perfectly, you survive with one HP. Yeah, I, I love that. And it, it, actually, if you go read into it, it's pretty interesting the way it's described by the the uh, game devs. Is they're like, there's no explanation for it. It's just it's essentially a miracle. And I love the way they don't try and just ham fist an explanation in there. They're just like, yeah. we can't explain it. I love that. But um, what I love about it, the game is that consistency of like they give you just enough enemies to where you get the timing down or you feel comfortable and then they're rolling in new enemies consistently uh-huh. and i love that the game is moving forward at a pretty consistent pace even if it feels like you're just stuck in the school and you're going from environment to environment and sometimes you might get stuck on the puzzles it feels very consistent uh, in terms of the combat and the leveling system. Some I, of those puzzles I, that, feel a little spotty. Did to you me guys feel spot. similarly? I, I, it felt consistent to me. I don't think I ever had a problem, nor did it ever feel like terribly grindy. Um, yeah. what, there's a point yeah. towards the end for me where I realized all the equipment I was buying, I really needed to boost my character's speed because mm-hmm. all of a sudden I felt like the enemies were going like three times before I would go uh because i just i had focused on every stat but speed yeah they do a good job of kind of allowing you to dig your own grave there because the the equipment you get all has the same basic amount of stats but it's weighted drastically differently in different directions yeah um to the point where like okay you can focus on purely defense which sounds great but then you're taking forever to put anything down and you're taking forever to move exactly and and even if you have the highest defense in the world you're still guaranteed to take a damage um and they'll yeah they'll carve through you eventually yeah um also the save points are cats i oh i love the i love the cat save (laughs) points it's so funny that they anyway um but yeah it's odd you say that I, i i love speed in this game to the um to the point where, like, the fast characters are my favorite, and then I'll make them faster with gear and with buffs to make them even faster. Did Did you find, uh, I would say probably, like, ten hours in or so, once I had all six characters, I really just found three that I liked, and that was kind of the rest of the game for me? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I've... They forced me to switch up my my party a little bit at at a, at a point in the game at certain points yeah but then i kind of swapped it back as soon as i could oh well yeah the section you're talking about yeah same same here um and then yeah as soon as as soon as they permitted me to uh I, it was back to my normal composition yeah yeah they kind of they get you to a point where um i mean it's not that they're strictly numbers wise the best it's just they kind of fit my play style and i i I understood how to pick apart basically any enemies at that point um by having oddly enough kind of the opposite thing with you like i i realized how good speed was at the beginning i'm like oh i can i can attack like three times in a row before the enemies actually get a chance to do anything oh all my characters 
Yeah, all my characters were basically giant shields with claymores. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I started realizing exactly how, how good the speed was going to be. Um, right around, uh, like, I don't know, two, three hours before I got the fast character, at which point mm. I'm like, okay, they, they, they get me. They get me. They, they saved they that for last. They saved that for last, and now, and now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go completely fucking crazy. So... She was also a part of a uh, part of my final party as well. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Still good. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think I, I don't know if there's really too much more to say about it. Um, we're also actually, funnily enough, we're going to end up doing a CAD here probably within the next week or two on this game. As I'll probably try and wrap it up by the middle of this coming week. Oh, and we um, should say and- it's on Game Pass. Well, that's why I was about to just oh, say I, that. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, you're good. It's you're important good. Info, you're eager. You're eager. <laughs> I get it. So all I was going to say is that it's a very, very charming game. If you like the old style top down um, feel of games, like obviously combat is not like Zelda, but the top down style is like that isometric view of an older Zelda game. Um, if you like that, you like awesome, awesome chiptune music absolutely amazing chiptune music um you like the 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 setting that we described to you check it out it's a very very awesome game and like rich said it is on game pass if you have access to game pass i'm not sure is it on the switch everywhere else yes it's it's on the switch it's on the ps4 it's on pc all the things It's on xbox it's on all the things i would say yeah if if you're not a a game pass person don't have an xbox the switch would if i was going to buy this game that's where i would buy it so the Switch is good because I I feel like I I kind of wish I had it on the Switch simply because of the fact that the the way the save points are spaced out they're not so far spaced out to where yeah you don't feel like you can turn it on for twenty minutes play a f- quick part of the game and then just go save it and turn it right back off it's not a game to it's not the narrative isn't so investing or the combat is so investing that you can't jump in and out. Yeah. So totally. that, well, that's and my, also, I think my only regret yeah, with the R- game. Rich so was far. talking about how there wasn't, you know, you didn't feel like you had to grind. It's not that you just don't feel like you have to, they go out of your way to stop you from grinding because once you kill an enemy, it's out of that zone until you leave and come back. Um, so yeah, you, like, have, you yeah. have to really try to grind. Yeah. If, if you're going through a dungeon or whatever, you can, if you've got a couple minutes, you can, you know, okay, I'm going to go kill this enemy and this enemy and take a break. Like, if if you if it's something you're trying to play, just, you know, moments at a time on the Switch or something like that. So. Yeah. 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 So, overall, if you like Hades, no, I'm just kidding. Morgan, Morgan just returned. <laughs> I think a finger still talking swear, about Hades. I swear to God, I was going to walk out of here. Um, that's I can follow, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So... If if you like that, definitely give Iconfell a shot. It's a very, very quirky, lovable, fun game. Um, I was telling the guys last night that I love the way the fourth character is introduced. Absolutely yeah. adorable. So very, very yeah. fun game. She's one Check of my favorite out. characters about, in the game. Oh, is she cool? Yeah, I'm excited. Like, she has a I'm really, really great through line. Yeah. Like cool. the, the narrative. Apparently I'm the in the game too. Honestly. It's, it's really good. It's really good. That's what Rich said. Rich said I'm in the game. So I thought that was pretty Oh, cool. yeah. The, guy, the kid who just wants to talk about yeah, sharks like, all the time, no matter where what, you run into like him. Martin or something? Yeah. You run into him in like three mm. different spots, and every time he's like, he's got to tell you about sharks. Yeah. He tells you more information about sharks. Yeah, like yeah, and you're like, bro, the school's in lockdown. Go to your room, and you're like, 
Yeah, that's where well, people probably the, learned more the, about spiders today than they've learned about anything. <laughs> well, it, in that's, ages. That, that was kind of the funny thing is you're walking through the rich kid dorms and then all of a sudden you're popping in the rooms and then shark guy, a shark kid was in there. <laughs> he wanted to talk about sharks. And mm-hmm. I was like, bro, he's also hanging out in the library. Uh, yep. I assume reading about sharks. Yeah, I mean, you've got to assume. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, honestly, it wouldn't have been in a rich kid's dorm. So that wouldn't have been, <laughs> it wouldn't have been me, but, uh, I can dream. Um, dream yeah i that uh is definitely what i'll get to before the end of the year because it does seem charming and interesting when uh when things have slowed down a little bit for me so i, I like when you say it with that tone of voice because it makes it seem like you're really really excited to play the game one more time and i'll believe you it's just it's one of those games where like i hope like when i start playing it i become excited about it you know what i mean yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. There's a lot of things on the docket at the end of the year, but yeah. Well, so there were like a ton of other games that you had mentioned at the beginning of the show, Morgan, that we were going to talk yeah. about. Um, so since I've been gone, just that since I've been and gone, Hades. Oh, fuck no, I'm serious. <laughs> okay, um, Josh, Carto. Uh, Carto, uh, that is a uh, puzzle game. That I've been kind of looking forward to for a while. I've followed some of the devs since before they started making this. Um, but it is a kind of puzzle exploration narrative game um, where you are able to change the way the world actually connects to itself by moving around little tiles of the map on your map screen um like little little okay. little Tile. pages okay. uh, little pieces of the map um to to solve puzzles so carto refers to a cart- cartographer, cartographer. Uh, it's, it's 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 i mean in universe it's the name of the main character carto is your 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 character you're trying to get back mm. get back to your grandma you're you're separated from your grandma who is a the master cartographer and you've been there yeah uh, you get you get you get lost and have to try to find your way back to grandma um it's kind of the 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 overarching like this this is what i've got to go do and are attempting to do through the whole game um that's a crazy story my grandma's dead <laughs> um but it, it it I played it on stream the other day um just kind of from from start to finish and it is just just a joy to play um the puzzles weren't too hard I don't know I have a hard time judging this cuz I play a lot of puzzle games but it did not seem particularly hard to me um they kind of assume you're going to intuit quite a bit of what's going on with the game to the start with this this is very early on so i'm I'm not gonna not not a huge spoiler but you'll like talk to people and they'll explain somewhere they're trying to go and you have to figure out what that means in as far as okay i've got this map and i can move squares around to where i want them to be and like how do i arrange my map to have it agree with this description of the world that someone is explaining to me 
And so there are a lot of puzzles that okay. kind of involve something like that, like um, listening to what people are saying and then, uh, you know, changing your map, changing the world to to be able to, you know, kind of fit the descriptions that they're giving you, um, which I think I I really liked. I think it could be it's one of those things where I. In a lot of puzzle games, I think people just kind of blow through the narrative, blow through the dialogue. Like, okay, I'm just going to skip through all this stuff and then get back to the puzzling. Um, and that's yeah. that's not a thing here. Like, if you're not listening to what characters are saying as you're going through here, you just won't know what you're even supposed to be doing um, a lot of the time. Because everything is everything is just kind of an experience. The way the narrative comes together, the way um, the puzzles interact. Um, it's like little things you'll notice as you're, as you're walking around, um, which I really liked. I feel like that's a really good way to kind of make the experience cohesive. Um, that sounds really old school the way you're describing it, because I, you know, remembering back from my Sega Genesis days of playing games like Sword of Vermilion or Shining Force, um, other games like that where basically you have to talk to certain characters in certain locations and you're notified, for example, with sort of Vermillion in order to find the next item or where you're supposed to go. It isn't technically accessible until you talk to this one person in this random house in this random village. And that's the way you are able to unlock the, the next goal. And that I'm not saying that's exactly like that, but when I think of games nowadays, I think of, you know, you may get an objective for some from somebody and then it shows up on your map and it shows up on your list of next objectives where in old school games, they didn't have that. You just had to remember those things. And that's kind of what this sounds like to me is like it's a very old school style thing where you don't know what you're doing unless you talk to people and it's not going to necessarily show up on a on an objectives list. You just you have to inevitably talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah, and and most of it's like that. Some of it is more spatial type stuff, um, puzzles where there's no one telling you this, but like, okay, I want to go here. How am I going to make that happen? And have to, um, there there are some rules about how you can piece the map pieces together. You know, as far as like, um, interesting. You know, bits of geography. That's ha- really can, interesting. Can only you know only touch in certain you know like. Like you can't have a you know ocean just you know butt right up against a forest or something, um, so there are rules okay. to how you place the the little map pieces, um, and some of the some of the puzzles are more just just the spatial stuff like okay how am I gonna so you know arrange these four pieces so I can walk here, um, um, but right. a lot of it, it like the the, so how, the big how... pieces of the story are more about. Or not the story, but like of the of the gameplay are more about how it interacts with the story. Right. How how long is the game? Um five hours? Oh, it's a, not um, a long game at all. I, mean, I played it on stream. I think it was it was like five and a half, six hours, but yeah, you know, that was streaming, so it may be shorter than that. But then again, I play a ton of puzzle games, so that's probably about average if I had to guess. Um is he riding a magic carpet? No. I thought on the cover I saw 
I saw a boy riding a magic carpet. Was that a fever dream that I had? No idea. Hold on, I can pull up the cover and you made tell you up. what I saw. Uh, you, you were actually looking at the cover of Aladdin. Prince of the movie, on the Genesis. The mm. animated movie that came out in 1991. The oh, movie, the, the game, the movie. Film? Oh, this is a spiritual successor to Aladdin, but it involves cartography. I got you. This is, this is like... This is the alternate universe where he doesn't free the genie, but he asks the it's genie to give him the ability to move landscapes. It's also um how is it's also how is sorry. Dora the Explorer an explorer if she's only traveling through map territory? Uh-huh. Good question. These are the questions. This is why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only way I would play that game is if there's a mic component and you have to speak into the game and you say swipe or no swiping. That is the only game. I, I, I want to know how it this game. I'm so sorry for this, Josh. I want to know how it relates, um, you know, spiritually or conceptually spiritually. to the silent cartographer course, which is the a, a level from Halo. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> really, I'd really just that's when I first that's when I was first learning about the word cartography and, and you would have been I, 20 years like, old at the time <laughs> I just <laughs> no actually we played Halo uh, last month and I had to google the word so, oh so this was last month uh, <laughs> um, it just sounds very distinguished when you say someone's a cartographer I'm a cartographer. I make a maps. Why would you say? Use I think ink cartographers are. Clue. I assure you, I know a cartographer. They are much less sexy than you think. Well, it's the, yeah, <laughs> kind of a Benjamin Franklin thing going on. Yeah, what? Ha! I had syphilis. Known cartographer. I gout and banging whores. I don't like it when you use that language, Rich. That, I'm, that um, was not me. That was Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> you uh, might recognize him from money. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that movie. Well, it's too big of a bill um, for you. I get it. Uh, all right. Well, that sounds cool, Josh. Carto. Carto. There, there was one more, Josh, uh, that you sent me here. Um. Sorry, I had to double check my. Mm-hmm. Was it Ghost Rider? No, we both played. Oh is. yes, that's. I'm really. I've. I've emailed this company about a code, but it's only been a couple days. I know because so I told you happen. to. I told uh, you to like a month ago. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Really? Oh, I don't remember Ghost Runner. I'm sorry, that must have slipped through the cracks. Um, if you you can always if you send this privately, I'll probably I'll be less apt to have watch them slip through the cracks, like. Like that really sad video with all those little baby ducks that fall in the sewer. It's, I can't. I every time I see that video, I cry. Um, but uh, getting back to Ghost Runner, um, this game looks interesting. It's like first person Mirror's Edge meets it, it, like some violent. It feels like the best way I always was looking at it. It's like Mirror's Edge by way of Katana Zero. Yeah. Like yeah. not fully in practice, but I think that's a good way to get across kind of what it is okay so yeah. okay katana zero mirror's edge gotcha yeah especially okay. granted it's years years after mirror's edge but w- with with the speed you restart after you inevitably die in this game compared to mirror's edge yeah it makes it playable yeah like in in mirror's edge 
Like, the only issue with that was that it was a 360 game that took you forever to respawn on the 360 after you died. Like, just mm-hmm. forever. Which, pro tip, install it on the hard drive. It makes that yeah. much better. Additional Palatable. pro tip, don't don't play it on the 360. Just get the PC version and then put it on an SSD. And then it's, it just, you know. All good tips. Yes. Anyway, but... um. Yeah, it is a cyberpunk, much more combat-focused, Mirror's Edge-like. Yeah. Um, and it's, you... it's about doing things efficiently, because it, and, and okay. you, with one attack, you kill an enemy, but you get hit once and you're, you're put down. Yes. And they've got guns and you've got a katana. Mm-hmm. Well, I just from watching the con- the videos that I've seen, it looks like something that could potentially be up my alley. But like, it sort of snuck under the ra- like there. W- I didn't. I know, Rich, you had, it was on your radar, obviously. But I mean, I didn't hear a lot about this buzz wise, and it just kind of sometimes there's games that just it's weird. Even in this day and age, that there's so I know there's so many games that sounds dumb. Well, there's more games. Why would it be? But I feel like we're so locked in that it's even strange to me sometimes. Well, you've been talking about the one the imaginary game all year. And it's just been really hard to convince you to play all the <laughs> actual <laughs> games coming out. The imaginary game. You funny. Uh, well, as of right now, Josh, you're right. It has been an imaginary game. Um, but I'm believing hard enough that it will become reality. Mm-hmm. No, I just, yeah. You've got to ring a bell a lot, you know, so it gets its wings. So you're, you're... <laughs> what are the, one of the things I, I like working with some PR companies that we have started working with for reviews and codes and stuff is seeing those a lot of those smaller games and kind of, but yeah, this one kind of snuck under the the radar. Uh, um, even going to oh yeah, no, ahead. sorry, I was gonna say just like to, to like talk about the game a little bit. Uh, Josh, I don't know how much time you've put into it. Um, six hours. Okay, so you, a little, little bit more than me then. Yeah, um, a little shy curious, of six hours what kind of builds you're running because like one of my priorities the minute i started was that upgrade that lets you uh slash to deflect bullets yeah yeah that's like i'm like oh yeah this is this is where i'm going yeah even without that you can block the bullets by timing correctly but yeah Mm -hmm. no the 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 one that oddly enough they give you a skill later on that will let's just let you deflect bullets but I, i i never use it because i always have the thing that lets my sword hits yeah. deflect bullets so it's just like like okay i see what you're doing here but like it, it, it's almost like hey hey guys you remember that skill that you didn't take earlier maybe you should take it is kind of what that other skill seems like to me yeah um but yeah i i really like that skill that lets you uh you know redirect bullets instead of just blocking them whenever you mm-hmm. uh you hit them mm-hmm. the timing on that is strict it is it's strict, strict. Um, the timing on a lot of stuff in this is really tight. very difficult, kind of countering kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah, that seems true. Um, which which I I like a lot. There's an awful lot to kind of again learning the enemies, learning how to uh, interact it with each of them. Feels good when everything comes together. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. almost wish there was um like sort of a super hot like replay button. In terms of like when you clear a room, I'd love to be able to like click replay and like watch it just from watch like a, it? a fixed yeah. a fixed cam or something. Yeah, especially yeah. considering um, th- they do some interesting things here because you die so much. 
uh, the dialogue, like the the character dialogue, will continue on from wherever. Even it, when you die, yeah. When, even when you died, so you don't start over the same dialogue eighty times. Because it would be so because you're you're dying, you know, to the same three guards somewhere. Um, I appreciate that choice so much. Yeah, it, that is very very nice. Uh, but like you're saying, it would be kind of interesting to see the run, like kind of start to finish without in you real, fucking up the whole time. Yeah, it would be neat. Yeah. Um, which again, I, like th- again, they do that in Katana Zero. They do it like in Meat Boy. Or, or yeah. in, um, like it, super it, it'd be hot. Super hot. It would be. It'd be. It'd be. It would be neat to actually see your run <laughs> once you get to the yeah. end of a level. One hundred percent. Um, I, I also think really mm. early on they established what I think a lot of sci-fi writing uh, takes too long to dawdle in the opposite direction of. I think whether or not it's going the way I think it's going, they very early on are like, "Hey, the AI might be an asshole." Yeah, Whisper might suck. Yeah, I think they get there fairly Shocking. quickly because it's like two levels in where you start realizing that you're doing the opposite of what he's telling you to do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah, I I do. I I, I feel like they're doing. They're not wasting time with that the way a lot of them do because a lot of them are like, oh, it's going to be a twist at the end that and it's like don't that the obvious fascist is a fascist. Is yeah, I'm like like okay, maybe maybe don't drag your feet on this one. We've seen it a million yeah. times at this point. Um, the villain appears to be Doctor Octopus. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I like Doctor Octopus. Well, we'll <laughs> live to her friends. Yes, yes, specifically uh, uh, Olivia Octavius. Yeah. <laughs> Which, God, again, best reveal. Anyway, but anyway, um, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, it uh, Ghost Runner. It does a lot of things better than Mirror's Edge. Like I said, with just just kind of the technologies better. I think at this momentum point. feels better than Mirror's Edge ever did. Like building that momentum through like the slides and stuff. Everything yeah. feels smoother to me. Um. Again, yeah, like I, I mentioned this before, there's an awful lot of ways to build momentum in this that feel very much like Mirror's Edge, like it was not intended. Like, okay, I can string these things together um, to the point where in Mirror's Edge, if you watch some of the fastest speed runs of stuff, it's insane. Like, um, and there's there's stuff like that in this where, like, if you dash while cresting a ramp or whatever you'll maintain that momentum because you're still you're in the air at the end of the dash yeah that you can use to do stuff um basically bunny hopping which in this game is crouching and then immediately jumping like as soon as you get to the max speed on that you can string together Mm -hmm. like there's there's a bunch of stuff in this game i feel like i feel like it's easier to figure out those momentum hacks in this than it was in mirror's edge it seems easier to keep momentum, and I know you were talking, saying something similar about this, but I found pretty early on that if you keep jumping in the right spot, you can keep a wall run going, like, almost indefinitely. Yeah. Well, not... Yes. Um, the wall run, by default, just goes to the end of the wall. Like, yeah. it's... So there's no, oh, I've got to time this right before my wall run runs out. Your wall run goes for the length of the wall. Um whether Which that's is, a whole room or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the thing I was kind of getting at before was one of the 
hacks there, you get a little height coming off your wall run, and then you can dash midair, which will let you reattach to the wall at the top of that height of that of that of the, of the jump off of the wall. Yeah, just growing. And yeah, growing so you can eventually chain that infinitely to climb whatever you want in the game. Which again, and this game has a lot of verticality to it. Yeah, it's there. There are. A, which feels way less interesting of a way to infinitely climb something than the ways you eventually figure out how to in Mirror's Edge. Um, but again, like it, mm. I I don't know. Like I feel like more the focus on this one is in the combat. Way more of it yeah. is about how you interact with the enemies because the way you interact with yeah. the enemies in Mirror's Edge is just steal their gun. Yes. And this is more. Yeah, Mirror's Edge was never designed to be about a getting the drop on combat. Them. Yeah, yeah, it was not priority prioritized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you really like the look of Mirror's Edge. That real clean. Mirror's Edge smooth... is still one of the best looking games ever because it did it did it had pre baked the lighting in that game, which is not something games were even doing at the time. To the, the way po- the lighting plays off the glass and like yeah, on those well, skyscrapers again, and stuff, like yeah. it, it was they 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 pre baked it. Um, and then had a few things that were, you know, procedural, but essentially they, they were able to get way, way more out of that game for a 360 game than anything at the time, as far as just, you know, that, that city looked amazing in the original Mirror's Edge. Yeah. Yeah. But th- I mean, again, this, cool. this one, Go this center. one still looks good. It's doing way more cyberpunky type different, stuff. It's totally different. Completely aesthetic. different aesthetic. It's not, it's not a... Actually, I still love the city in Mirror's Edge because it is, oddly enough, we we talked about this in uh, when we were doing kind of first impressions of, or not first impressions, but like uh, off of the, I think it was the E3 trailer for Cyberpunk about how they were showing it off, showing off the city during the daytime um, and how it almost didn't yes. work. Um, whereas the city in Mirror's Edge is entirely made to work in daylight it's it's the whole point is that it's overly clean it was it was going for a different aesthetic whereas yeah i mean we'll have to see we'll have to see how it ends up playing out but it didn't seem like that's what they were going for are you saying night city doesn't work in the day (laughs) possibly i've got i've got a bit of a hunch there um yeah anyway i yeah i i i agree that it looked more vibrant at night, but I, yeah, I, I still thought it looked fine during the day, but we'll see. That's an interesting thing to compare. <laughs> Night City. How will Night City look during the day? Um, Ghost Runner looks interesting. Um, there was a big one that Rich played. A big one that he snuck a, a little time into. Watch Dogs Legion. Um, he, he messaged me today. He's like, yeah, I ended up pulling the trigger on Watch Dogs, even though he wasn't really. Yeah. Um, what happened? Rich? I just felt like, what, what I happened? just felt like it. Um, so I started Watch Dogs Legion. Um, I should say I hated the first Watch Dogs because it's a bad game. Hated? It's not a good wow, game. Okay. It's fucking terrible. Never, I never played uh, it. I thought Watch Dogs 2 was just okay. Um, it was a significant step up from the first one, but again, the first one's a mm-hmm. garbage fire. Don't like uh, it. It sucked. Well, it's not even a matter of me not like It's a bad game. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> no one's... I would be impressed to find the person who disagrees. Um, yeah, I haven't found anyone who's like hardcore Watch Dogs one. Watch fan Dogs guy. Legion. I put about four or five hours in. I 
the story so far is pretty like it's nothing to write home about but this is a fantastic fucking sandbox um because i think legion 100 percent delivers on its pitch premise of play as anybody like there is no main character in legion it starts off in it, it, game takes place in a near future london um and you start off playing as a character uh named dalton who's a member of dead sec the hacker group from the watchdog games and it starts off with sort of an intro mission where he is thwarting uh, a bombing of Parliament by another hacker group. And it sort of ends in an ambiguous place with DedSec basically being wiped out, save for a handful of people. And it pans to sort of the handler for DedSec uh, going to look to see who's still operating in the city. And you get to choose from like a handful of, I think, like 10 people to be your first agent. Um. Okay. And that's the main thing about Legion that, like, works so well is this whole idea they pitched of you could play as anybody in this city. And it really is true. Yeah. Like, you need to have a certain amount of sway with them to convince them to join DedSec. And then you go on a mission to recruit them, which I'm sure at some point a lot of the missions become, like, I've done this sort of, this, you know, framework before. Uh, But what you're more so looking at is, like, how unique that character's skill set is. Because they're presence in the world uh changes how they interact when you you're leveling up you're leveling up a basic tech tree which is like now i can equip these gadgets i can equip these weapons but different characters have different innate abilities like i have one character whose day job is he's a driver so his like innate ability is he can summon a car at any time and his uh like the cops you can lose the police faster while driving um, than other characters. Are these, if you don't want me to interrupt you, are these abilities, is it just like RNG or they're like, it's a lot of the same kind of abilities over and over and all these people? I, ha- it, I'm it, trying to I rem- haven't done enough. It, it almost certainly is. Um, like you're, there's no reason to be like, I'm going to recruit everyone I see. Like you can look yeah. at them and go, oh, I don't have anyone with that skill set. Like one yes. of my favorite characters to play as is a construction worker. And that's because the construction worker has a handful of really fun abilities, which are, Instead of normal melee attacks, he has a pipe wrench. Um, Jesus Christ. His default weapon is a high-powered nail gun. And um, okay. he can at any that time summon up. a construction drone. Uh, the construction drones are, the, in my opinion, the best drone in the game. Because they're large enough that you can climb on top of them and then control okay. them and basically fly yourself anywhere around the city. <laughs> Okay. There you go. So you're using like your own personal transportation. I saw one of our patrons and friends, Gil Beasy, posted this picture of him like playing guitar on a drone yes. or something. Floating. Yeah, that's that. That's a construction drone. What he was on in that picture. Yeah. Um. That's cool. But yeah, a lot of that stuff focuses around like this security group Albion now is in control of the city, and you're trying to sort of thwart them. And after the bombing event at the beginning of the game, and Albion sort of bringing the city into martial law. Now these gangs have control over different bureaus of London. Um, the, like, the story is fine. I don't think it's anything to write home about. It's yeah. more fun than the past two Watch Dogs games have been for me. And I think most of that is the sandbox and the tool set are just a lot of fun. Like, I've been doing more character recruitment missions than anything. Because they're just kind of the most fun to play around with. Like, I love being like, I'm gonna... Yeah fly up on my construction drone and now i'm gonna throw down this spider bot and i'm gonna infiltrate this warehouse and 
how many varieties of kinds of people like a bill because each person has their own like ability that can help you in the world right uh, specialties uh, or whatever i would or, imagine it's pretty expansive just because some of them are so strange um and like just really well, odd what's the it, go ahead it, yeah tell i was gonna tell you I one that i them. went for early on that's super helpful thing i should pick out when you start the game you can actually select a permadeath mode um which is when you fail a mission as a character they're dead and like you get a proper okay. game over when you're out of agents uh, but when you're playing on the normal mode, what happens basically is, uh, when a character is quote unquote killed, they're arrested and then you're on a cooldown uh, until you can use that agent again. Cause they're in jail. Oh, um, okay. One of the characters I recruited is a lawyer and her ability <laughs> is there's a, like a 50, 50 shot that whenever you fail a mission, that character will immediately get bailed out of jail. That is awesome. Hmm. Okay, so that's cool. So you can like you're build the so the fun of the game is like building your team yeah. in ways that complement each, each other. And there's there's negative ones too. Like I have a character, uh, my driver Clayton. One of his passive abilities is he's an addicted gambler. So sometimes I just lose oh, money yeah. because he's gambling it, but I'll also sometimes win money because he's gambling it. <laughs> like <laughs> so, it's, yeah, it's like you never know which way is it going to roll. Yeah, there, there's a lot of unique stuff going on there, and I don't really think I've played enough of it to comp, uh, comment on how expansive that stuff gets. Yeah, like how yeah. in-depth But what I've get. seen so far is cool. Uh, London is put together very nicely. Uh, I find myself habitually driving on the wrong side of the road all the time because I don't think I've ever played an open-world game that is set in London that is not either very much so in the past or in some sort of dystopian future where there are no cars. Yeah, right? It's why is that? Why is it always that particular take on London? You know what I mean? Like yeah, I think the last game I played that was a London sandbox was like an Assassin's Creed game set in Victorian London. Right? Okay. Well, it it looks interesting. How many hours would you say you put into it? Roughly? I'd probably about 4. But uh, I'm I'm gonna keep I'm enjoying it. I played a little bit before we uh, started the show. I I just want to keep going with that. It's fun to unlock more masks. Uh, one of my masks is a pig smoking a cigar with a monocle. I will say that was the one thing that I was intrigued by when I was you know doing a lot of looking into the game, trying mm -hmm. to get us a code and whatnot. Was like the, a lot of the characters have these weird like over the top kind of creepy masks. Oh, the, no, the masks like, are unlockable, and you could just they're in your equipment settings for the char individual characters. The, the, okay, the whole so, idea of the mass is okay. once you pull out a weapon, you're going into, like, hide your identity. If you pull out a gun, your character puts their mask on. Gotcha. Or if you enter a high-security area, your character puts their mask on. When you say unlockable, you unlock them by... They're, you literally can find them throughout the city. Some of them are buyable along in, like, clothing shops. So it's, like, loot almost? You can just find them in different places? You really okay. love that word. That's I, cool. I love loot. I mean, it's it's not random it's not like loot loot like no it's, a, it's like just there's unlockable masks there it's cosmetic i have one that's a skull with like a, a a big digital crown around it yeah that those ones are cool and and there's there a good variety of those yeah there's a there's like a lot of them i already have like okay. 10 or so all right that's the stuff I, I like, is that sort of weird, like the aesthetic There's of sort There's a nice flair to it, but at the same time, yeah. I like just being a construction worker, walking around, shooting people with my <laughs> nail gun. Uh, and I'll, oh, and also, that's an important thing to put out. Like, the cosmetic stuff can actually play into the gameplay at certain points. Like, if you are a dressed as a construction worker and walking through a construction site, 
there's nothing suspicious about that. If I'm a grandma yeah. walking through a construction site, people are like suspicious of you. I, I think that was the thing people were wondering, like how much depth was going to be there in those systems. And that's interesting. Oh, and a lot of that sort of stuff is there. Them. Like as I play with it more, I'll be able to speak to how more of that fleshes out. But it, what I've seen so far is, is really neat. And for a series that so far for me has been like m- bad to middling, I'm enjoying my time with Legion so far. It's refreshing, yeah. Yeah, by by this point, by the fifth or sixth Watch Dogs games, it'll be your game I, of the I year. I think no, that's sure. just it. I think this whole, like, recruit anybody system might have been the breath of fresh air this series needed to set itself apart. Yeah. And it, will they just keep that as, like, their I little hope hook they do, because it, it keeps the sandbox even more interesting, because it, it keeps so, you going, oh, how can I... Like, uh, one of the last abilities I got in my tech tree was actually Albion agents, the enemy security force. Now I have enough sway that I can start attempting to actually recruit Albion employees. Okay, well, that's neat. That I, I have a, some questions I want to ask you. Yeah. I think they'll be better when you spend more time with it because they're more, like, broad scale. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll have more of it under things. my belt by next week, so if you want to save it for them, that's totally cool. Okay, cool. Well, uh, awesome. Watch Dogs Legion. Um, we'll take a little break, and then we will come back with some polls, and we'll do some of our Patreon shout-outs. So, we'll be right Hey, Josh. Hey, Shay. You know what I was thinking about this week? I want to spend my money on a lot of different things, like a wall clock, a face mask, a puzzle, and a t-shirt. You know where I could spend that kind of money? I was thinking about webbed feet, but if you want all that, you can find it at store.swordchomp.com. Oh, store.swordchomp.com. And I've heard they have a bunch of different logos, too. I've heard they have the Swordchomp logo, the Chomping After Dark logo, and they just recently got up the In the Blood and the Evoking the Sublime logo as well. The rumors are true. Well, that's good. That's good. So if you out there are interested at all, head to store.swordchomp.com. That's store.swordchomp.com. See you there. We are back with more of the Chompcast. And fuck Donald Trump. McDonald Trump. McDonald Trump, yeah, that's his weird cousin. Um, no, that's him. Really in the bird. Uh, and fuck McDonald's. No, um, <laughs> unless they want to sponsor our show, in which case. McDonald's, give us money. I'll take that. That's the the real killer of America. Listen, here's, here's the thing. McDonald's, if you sponsor us, we will talk about the McRib that you have just brought back for the first time in seven or eight years every episode. Oh, God. You and the McRib, you never shut up. I about love that a damn McNug. Thing. I've literally never talked about the McRib <laughs> just until just now. But sure, I, I mean, for for the for the sake of the you bit, can't yes, shut I, him up about listen, it. McDonald's. I I can't talk. I can't stop talking about the McRib. Now available this worldwide for the first time in seven to eight years. It's do you guys amazing. Remember the sexy hamburger. No, but you know what I do remember like is when they had the McRib on their menu. The sexy hamburger. <laughs> I've had rubble, rubble. You know what? Not that great. Not no, that it's great. terrible. There's a reason they take it off the menu for long enough for you, for, for, for you to forget. Well, they need to <laughs> take like it off before like... the FDA comes around to tell them they can't call that a rib. <laughs> yeah. Guys, listen. There, 
I, I have some secret in tight insider in tighter insider Intel that um, they're going mm. to be making the McRib with impossible meat, which is going to make it healthier Ooh. and better. No, it's going to instantly make it better because previously it was made with pink slime that they, you know, highly pressurized also, into a rib shaped mold. Until it also uh, funnily congealed. called impossible meat because you... it was impossible to be classified as meat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. It could. It just didn't hit quite hit the meat. Has anybody had the impossible Whopper? Is it any I good? Have. It's not bad. I don't know about the Whopper itself, but the impossible, you know, is good. Like it's yeah, it's, no, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's it's a, probably about the most solid meat replacement option that they've made so far the impossible whopper is not bad at all but why would you want to replace meat when you can go get the all new mcrib at mcdonald's Mm. mcdonald's give us money they've been replacing meat (laughs) with whatever that is for decades now well it's not really a replacement because it wasn't like they couldn't get meat this was just cheaper (laughs) listen yeah mcdonald's if you can sponsor a travis scott (laughs) burger you can certainly sponsor four guys who talk about video games and their dicks way too much. Just saying. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if we talk too much about our dicks. Let's let's hold on there. I don't. I mean, the meal's got to be large enough to hide that. a Plan B in somewhere. Uh, well, got him. Literally... Oh no. <laughs> Morgan, you earlier on the show, you literally, you literally talked about how hard it is to get your dick up. Sometimes you did already talk yeah, about your dick. Yeah, Plan B. Nothing. We just thought it'd be fun to bring up again. <laughs> I did bring it up. Uh, I. It's going to be to the point now where it's the good thing is no one's going to like people won't even understand the reference anymore. Just like oh. hopefully. Hey, Josh, can you recount the t- time that Morgan? T- <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so a couple quick polls. I want to clarify before just before anyone are... gets angry. The the plan B was not hidden in the food. The food was a bribe to make the plan B go down smoother. The the, the food was the prize for taking it. Mm-hmm. The food was the I'm star- sorry for shooting my load inside you. Um, Ew. Well, you didn't have to take it that far, but... You know what you did. Hey, look, we've all we've all done terrible things in objection our form of a that question. That is fair. That is fair. <laughs> um, guys, we, yeah, we'll ponder this more. But I was kind of pulling our audience about game of the year stuff, and we're sort of discussing what we want to do. Um, it was interesting. Like people, there's a lot of people that don't really understand like the way the media approaches game of the year. Uh, a lot of people have messaging me like I don't like they didn't understand. <laughs> to a, to a normal person, game of the year doesn't have the same value as it does to a media outlet, you know, unless it's just content they really look forward to at the end of December. But generally, our game of the year footage would our footage would um, coverage would drop like January first, second, or we third. We agreed to burn that footage. Yeah, we need to get rid of it. We do need to burn all of our game of the year footage. That's true. Um, so we'll talk about it. Seventy percent of our audience said they would prefer if we just waited till January, so the whole year was actually over, which I think is interesting. Um, and very interesting this year because the biggest game of the year was delayed again, and it has set the internet I love how you fire. still call it the biggest game of the year. This imaginary well, he's, he's game you keep talking about. He's calling it that now, about. but he called The Last of Us 2 earlier this year the biggest game of the year when he was mm-hmm. arguing with well, Rich and me about Final when Fantasy that one was still imaginary. not being bigger. 
Well, it was bigger than... No, no, no. I argued it was bigger than Final Fantasy. I lost the vote that it was bigger than Cyberpunk because the audience voted that Cyberpunk was bigger. So it's it's like it's like the food chain. The Last of Us beat Seven, but then Cyberpunk beat The Last of Us, and nothing could beat Cyberpunk. It was the untouchable king in the room, basically. I, I don't know. That's, this sounds like this food chain was written by Krill. Um, that's cute. <laughs> no, it isn't. By a Ferengi. <laughs> Written by a Ferengi. Uh, well, I, I, Josh, I'm telling you, I just have a feeling about this cyberpunk game, and I just have a You've feeling. You've never gone wrong before. No. Well, yeah. Never. Here, here's, here's what I told you privately, and here's what I'll say publicly. Fuck you. I don't feel comfortable waiting until January for one game, even if it is going to be the biggest game of the year, because it has been delayed twice now. And I could very well see it see it getting delayed into january so we basically like we had this plan set in motion for an entire uh almost 11 months now or sorry 10 months to basically change up our format this year to make it easier for editing and to give certain categories it's it's dues and then if we change everything granted it's not last minute we still have a month or about a month and a half two months um, or a month, depending on what format we go with. F- to change all that for one game is kind of silly to me, even if it is potentially the game of the year, because um, I have a feeling that next year won't be as big of a year for gaming as this year has been. So makes more sense to put yeah. it in next year, where it's more likely to get its just Well, people said that about this year. Then. I don't see the people forget though. Like when Smash Brothers released in December, we played that like crazy. It, nobody gave it any Game of the Year awards. It like fell on this weird. I think what's nice about this, it's not. I don't think it's well, necessarily a lot of delaying outlets it potentially have November for as the cutoff or what is counted as part of yep, that year, game, which well, I always think is the, the better game, way to play it. But it doesn't make sense because that's not a year. A year would be December. The reason well, it's, is in it's, it's arbitrary. Just because that's what it's Caesar arbitrary said. Anyways, like if you go from December, you want to listen to the fucking it, Romans? December, it's not arbitrary. Which... Fuck the Romans. Hmm? What? It, it, a year would be January first to December thirty first. Yeah, says the Romans. Or you could go December first to November thirtieth. It's twelve months. No. That would be make um, if we're doing a. <laughs> yeah. That would be made up. Unlike the other. Yeah, no, it's made up. I don't know how anybody keeps track of birthdays. If you, if you, look that's at a new calendar, concept for me. Again, a man in his thirties. I don't let the Romans dictate how I live my life. They've been dead for <laughs> a long time. How do I know that I've actually been along, been alive for this many years if my birthday is not on January first? What what happens? Who can, who, can, who can really say if those were actually years from from one date I, in I, a year I, to the next same date in a year? How how could one even even verify that as as a full year? Josh, one year to the you next. Look at a calendar for the year. You can make a joke all you want, but when you look at a calendar from and someone said, I "Can't do this." If you look at a calendar for the year twenty twenty, it's very clear what that year would be. Yeah, that's not right. what's up for debate. What we're saying is we're just talking about judging games from a 12-month period. Yeah, but the whole point is that you're judging... That's why they call it Game of the Year for 2020. 
That's we don't call it game of the year 2021-ish. Well, no, because you couldn't possibly write all those weird facial gestures you're doing. You could try. You could try. Well, I mean, my my question, it, my 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 question there to combat that is if why do they release sports games like half a year early when like they're going to be releasing NBA 2K21, which I believe is already out by now, and it's not the year 2021. Yeah. Why what is the fuck? You know the why answer. Is why is the twenty twenty one F one fifty already out? If because yeah, that's the why is my car a twenty twenty one Nissan Sentra? Wh- mm-hmm. The championship. Why wasn't the Xbox One released in, in year one A D? In, in sports, when you celebrate that championship, the twenty you know the twenty twenty Toronto Raptors will be the twenty twenty NBA champions. But that season started in twenty nineteen, so. Um, anyways, the point, what I think is interesting about this is, I'm going to have a very extreme metaphor for you guys, but I want you to hang with me, all right? Because it's very graphic. Extreme! We, we dealt with the, you know, the horrific murder of George Floyd over the past couple months. And what that brought attention to for a lot of people was police brutality that perhaps they were overlooking, right? And, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Um, but, like, it sort of magnified an issue for a lot of people, and that had been going on for a lot of people that weren't even aware of it. Now, what I think is interesting about this particular example that I was thinking of is every year we're always cramming games or there's games that get lost and looked over or I feel stressed or like that one year that Shay got an Xbox in December and he's like, oh man, I'm going to play Sea of Thieves and then throw it on my list in a week. We're always crammed at the end of the year, right? This, what Cyberpunk is doing because it's such a big game and it's making us go, holy shit, it's making us realize that there's a larger issue here. And that's trying to do game of the year before the year is over. It's not about cyberpunk. Cyberpunk is reminding us that December is a very important part of the year where games get lost to die forever. And so for me, it's not about cyberpunk. It's about the fact that cyberpunk is reminding us that December goes to die. Smash Brothers got left out of Game of the Year when it clearly would have been Game of the Year over all the other games that were nominated Game of the Year prior. There's all sorts of games that we get rushed. I know Shay gets worried about, you know, recency bias and all this stuff. That's that's human nature. Whether it's November or December, it's all kind of the same, you know? If someone's playing Hades in November and they do Game of the Year in December, whatever, it's the same bullshit. The point is, there's a lot of stuff that happens in December. Catch-up, new games. And those games often don't get the credit they're due. And this this cyberpunk situation for me is exposing the problem with what our industry does, rushing <laughs> game of the year. We should not rush game of the year. <sighs> End of speech. Okay. All right. I love how he's finally getting there with literally an imaginary game when I've literally <laughs> said we should do this at the end of January for the entire run of the show. Well, you're on board then. I like no, it, No, I, I was All on right. board before, but again, it finally took an imaginary game for you to assume it's is going Josh. to be game of the year. It's uh, No one's assuming it's game of the year. It's... Josh, it's not about that. We don't know the quality of the game yet. 
It's the odds. You know the odds of the game being good are very high to at least be in the discussion. You don't think Cyberpunk's going to deserve to be in a category? I watched that Mega64 like video. It turns out Best it art direction or best music or best story or best character. Or you don't think it deserves to be in that discussion? That's ludicrous. Who knows no, it's we should to absolutely play it. We've got a most punchable face category. So there's a good odds. I mean, you know, I say that. Given The Last of Us 2, I don't know if I believe it anymore. Um, it probably is going to sweep that do- category. No, come come to think about it, who would you who would you punch? There's nobody punchable. In there. Literally every character, except for Lev and his sister. Lev, like that's yeah, right. just just those two. Yeah, they're pretty great. I'd punch his sister. Hmm. Lev was pretty great though. Um, I would punch anyone. I, I guess this is something that. we'll have to talk about more privately. The the only out it's of interesting, yeah. Out of out of literally all that you said, the only point that I was like, oh, I could see that is playing catch up in December. That's the only thing I could agree with, a hundred percent. Like everything else, I, I I don't know how you made that connection between three separate ideas into one collated point. But um, what I will three say, three very is, not related ideas, right? Uh, the one, th- the one thing I will, the, s- the one thing I will say weird. is they were all um, ideas. I've already voiced my opinion. They were. <laughs> the, 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 out of all the other, I, I've already said everything I've said, and Morgan's reflected on that. But yeah, playing catch up in December is a thing. But I, and you mentioned that the the whole sea of the sea of thieves um, point, which I I admitted privately, and I will admit publicly. Which is why I am calling for November 30th is because of that exact situation where I did put Sea of Thieves on my list. Yeah. And I still think it belonged on my list, but there was definitely recency bias there. And I know my mistake in the past of doing that. So I want to mm-hmm. mitigate or minimize that um, going forward because I, I want to be able to give a list that I feel confident I can return to three to five years later and be like, yeah, that was reflective of how I felt at that time. Um, and there was no external factors yeah. going into I think there. And the I understand issue it's never, it's, is, go ahead. Sorry. It's that we've not applied any of these rules so far. Like, okay, it's, it's going to be it, November. It, like none of these count. And then someone will be like, Oh no! This is so great. I've got to absolutely put it on my list. I'm like, okay, we, we we were just saying that something that came out after November can be on next year, so I didn't even get to it. No, that's the point, Josh. We don't have a we don't we're not on the same page. We don't yeah, have a firm, which is the like, issue. We need we to do one about... way or the other because if December is part we'll, of the we'll next year, then yeah. fine. We, if we, it's part of the next had, year. We had we just have we to had pick to find it. that one way or the uh, other. At the end of yes, last year, the beginning of this year, because of all the arguments that we had been having every year how it had been stressing people out um within the podcast obviously not outside everybody else is entertained while we're all at each other's throats um that we i mm-hmm. thought we had come to the conclusion that november 30th november 30th was the cutoff because we were going to each week be doing different categories and sections and that would eventually culminate to the game of the year so we had decided upon that but um because of the cyberpunk 2077 situation um well, but yes we are even last year i don't feel like we that. did that though and is the the point we did we did i i have a i have a whole well, like for the game of the year show last year no but this year that's why we 
we sat down and had a meeting at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Um, and that's why I have that all on documents and stuff like that. So, yeah, like Morgan's saying, we're going to talk about it privately and we'll fi- we'll come up with some kind of solution that um, I think is beneficial for all parties involved. Yeah. I think, the, I mean, the audience voted and I think they're, like Rich said in our chat, he's like, if we ignore the audience, what are we doing? So I think, he, I think I, he's right. Uh, the that. audience doesn't make the show at the end of the day. No, I just I was just agreeing with his point. And like, look, there's no way in hell we're all going to be playing Cyberpunk, which could be one of the greatest <laughs> games ever made while we record while we it could be a disappointment, but let's say hypothetical. Well, I'm just saying the track record of what CD Project look, the track rever- record like proves that it's Josh. very likely to be a mediocre have, game with good jo- production that, values. That Josh, that is Morgan, don't get baited. Morgan, he's just trying to bait is, you. Morgan, he's mad Morgan, about an imaginary game. This just is great. Stop. Okay. Just stop. He's I, trying to bait you. You know he's trying to bait you. The, just stop. The point. <laughs> just let, let it go. Again. Let it go. Move on. Uh, I, I want to move on from this uh, conversation, so stop getting baited so we can go on. I, I love to get baited. I love a good bait. Clearly. Me too. Uh, I, I think we all do. Nope. Here at Sword Chomp, we all like to get baited. Stop yep. saying words. We will take about any bait we see. What's a fishing company? What's a fishing company? Oh, Fish Bin Brothers. Oh, Rapala. Who? Who? Rapala. They make fishing Coleman. Rivers. Coleman. Coleman makes fishing stuff. Sega. So no, they don't. Coleman is a hiking company. Jesus. No, Christ. they make fishing stuff too. What do they make? That's fishing. I'm curious. Now I gotta. Actually, I don't want to look it up. I was gonna do a bit trying to get <laughs> us to like get sponsored by some kind of fishing company, but it's too much. It's too much work now. Rapala actually does make fishing. Rapala. So I was trying to help you out. RuPaul, RuPaul's fishing rings. <laughs> RuPaul's oh, drag race a... fishing edition. I would watch that in yeah, a heartbeat. I watch that. I would watch that in a heartbeat. Just a bunch of queens fishing and like uh-huh. on a, on a dude. Expedition. Like, what's not to love about that? I'd watch That's the shit brilliant. Out of that. like a That's like brilliant. Classy Again, yacht. look. See, I have so many ideas churning up. I have ideas. For that other company earlier in the podcast that I forgot about, I, I said I had ideas for. Um, I, I have ideas for RuPaul and how um, she can make her show better. I, I got this. I got this all. I got this all for I got so many ideas for everybody. I can make this world better. All right. Better world. McRib. Um, there wasn't a lot of serious polls this me, and we got to move on. But I did... I was um, talking to my wife all this that I think it's really beautiful that we – and weird when I look back in the 90s um, on how like in sitcoms and stuff like being fat was like just funny. Like that's one of the things that we talked about on the polls. Like in the 90s, like my, my wife was – we were watching Friends. God knows I watch it for her because that show makes me want to kill myself. Um, but we were watching Friends and like literally Monica wearing a fat suit is funny. There's no joke. It's just she's fat. That's the joke. There was that movie Shallow Hal where it was like, oh my god, he likes a fat girl. And like, there was a time when it was okay to just laugh at people. Like, in the Austin Power movies, I love those movies, right? The fat Bastard stuff is not funny. At the time, Nutty everyone professor? thought it was funny. Like, yeah, Nutty Professor. Like, there was a time where just being fat fairly recently was a joke, and it's kind of cool that we've moved past that as a society. And I, you know, we have not uh, moved past yeah. that as a society. It's, but it, you feel like it people, still exists. I don't feel like you it's can make fat jokes anymore. It's just a lazy comedy. I, th- I think, I think we're transitioning away from it, but we are not moved past it. 
we are definitely not moved yeah. past it. We I got the gut staple, but we, we've, we've yet you, to actually lose the weight. We're working on it. Uh-huh. I feel like if you make a fat joke now, you get ripped. I mean, I know. I mean, you will. Depends on honor those staples. They're not magical. <laughs> Josh, I appreciate what oh, you're doing. <laughs> there was that one minor one in one of the Avengers movies with Thor, and I know that got criticized heavily. And that was the Did joke it get that criticized Thor heavily, around, or is it just it heavily it criticized, just like or was it criticized few, for being uh, heavily? Uh, or, get you, the joke. Or, get maybe the, the joke. maybe the leftist media few, is blind. No, man. a few people talk um, about it, but to like say it was heavily criticized is a <laughs> massive overstatement. You don't think so? No. Uh, <laughs> I, I I every time I heard someone bring it up, or like and anyone who you watched that movie with when that was happening, if it was like cringing, right? We all cringed. No. Uh, you guys are fucked up. Good God. I'm just kidding. I don't think it's funny, and it just, I, I don't really like it. I think as a society, we've moved past it, but obviously you guys disagree. So. I get it. <laughs> here's what I will say. Here's what I will say. I hope we move past it. Yeah, totally. Hopeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of hard to get around. Would you around. say it's reduced it's... by, like, 80%? We're down, like, would you say it's an 80% no, reduction? I don't know why you really want to this. Where are the examples you guys are seeing of this fat humor? I want to know where it's happening. Uh, well, I live in a different culture than you currently, so my my oh, my correlation is going to be a lot different. Because over here in Japan, they still do blackface and think it's funny, and they still do fat jokes and they think it's funny. So, oh my god, that's crazy! Wow, you need to get out of there, man. Terrible. All right. Well, yeah, um... I, I base all my life decisions on that. I just try to get Shay out of Japan. Just get out of Japan, Shay. Come back. Stay in Japan, Shay. Yeah, I like I like the health care that I get here. Yeah, that sounds great. Any kind of health care, which is pretty cool. Well, I got. But that's discussion for a different day. No, that that's interesting. I didn't. I would say, yeah. I guess I shouldn't speak for every society. I guess I was thinking more of America. But you're right. Other cultures and completely different, probably. Even even then, dude. Like I see on Facebook, like. And Twitter, that there are some really fucked up communities of people. If you dig around far enough, you can find up groups like that. I told who... you to uh, delete your 8chan account. I can't. I can't stop going into the AOL Messenger chat rooms. Shay, that or are should predicated I say, on QAnon? Dun, right, dun, let's, dun. Uh, let's. We have a sketch. We've prepared for our patrons and our community as a thank you to everything they do for us. Patreon.com slash swordchomp. I will let Shay take it away. That rhymed. Yeah. Yes, it did. You guys all have your scripts up and ready? Yes, Father. Uncomfortable. <laughs> that was all my right. intent. Well, here we go. With the Holy Spirit. I'm descending in and now. I'm not <gasps> even going to count down. The four friends were walking down the street as dusk began to overtake the skies. The weather began to become chilly, just enough to make the hairs on their bodies start to twitch. Their paper bags rustled as they grazed their legs with each alternating step. An excitement permeated the group and electrified the neighborhood. Each person was dressed in a costume. Their gateway to a seemingly infinite supply of free sweets. Look over there, a group of ghosts. A group of young children was sprinting across the sidewalk as they all bellowed, Boo! In unity. 
We've been waiting all year for this. I can't wait to see what we're going to get. Just then, a man, dressed as Mario, with glasses, bounded up to them. He towered over them, being two grades higher than them. Another kid, the group's age, stood next to the Mario knockoff in a Luigi costume that seemed just a little too big for him. Hey, James and Erico. Happy Halloween. Hey, twerps. Remember what I said. If I find it, if I find out you get more candy than me, I'm kicking your arses in the school tomorrow. I, I did not write arses in the script, but we'll let it slide. I told the you older to kid and his Scots. The older friend and... God damn it. The older kid and his friend pushed through the group, asserting their status as the big kids on the block. The group shook off the unfortunate event and pressed on. They turned into a yard and began to take steps towards their next target. Decorations of monsters and Happy Halloween signs littered the grass and hung from the trees in the yard. There was a gorgeous metalwork of a ghastly hanging from one of the trees. Whoa, guys, look at this. It was almost a perfect replica. The imperfections gave it a character of its own. The four were amazed at the brilliant craftsmanship. Just then, a sudden breeze pushed through the yard, making the four shiver. The metalwork started to slowly spin, revealing some words on the back. Josh, reaching out with his fake monster hand, grabbed the metalwork to hold it steady as he read the inscription. Made by Fletch. The group marveled for a few more seconds before proceeding closer towards the house. They walked up the wooden steps to the small porch, and they could hear music thumping. The noise rattled the windows and pulsed from the house, sending vibrations rippling through their bodies. I'll ring the doorbell. Morgan reached out with his plastic sword and stabbed the doorbell. After a few seconds of waiting with no response, the sword stabbed again with more force. I want my damn candy! Okay. <laughs> he began stabbing the doorbell over and over. The scene looked as if the kid was fencing for his life, thrusting as if it was at stake. The door ripped open, making the four jump in fright. A man stood in the doorway with a ripped orange and black onesie. His hair was ruffled. He had a handlebar mustache, and it dripped with sweat beating down from his forehead. His eyelids sagged, and the man appeared as if he wore a permanent smile on his face. Oh, hey, little dudes. Dove costumes. Trick or treat! Trick or treat! Oh no! I forgot to get candy for tonight! Just then, a wave of nauseating smell washed over the group. They had never encountered a smell so potent and vile. It reminded them of a skunk. But if the skunk 
had been running in P.E. class all day. One of the boys began gagging in the background. You dudes want to come in? It's cold outside. I want to give you something for Halloween. <laughs> the group looked at each other, skeptical and nervous. <laughs> Fuck, I can't keep it together. Sorry. I'm so sorry. The group looked at each other, skeptical and nervous. They would be damned if they weren't going to get something on one of the greatest nights of the year. Sure. <laughs> the four walked in, and there were a whole group of people dancing to the loud music. Smoke filled the air as the dancers held red cups. The children felt out of place, and their eyes began to hurt from the smoke. The smell was almost unbearable, but they wouldn't give up on their Halloween dreams. The man who greeted them went and turned the music down to where it was almost silent. Hey, sorry guys. These little dudes came here for Halloween, but I forgot the candy. I'm Danny P, by the way. These are my friends. Core in Space, Vince, Tony, Zalbi, Cy, Steven, Ryan, Raul, Paul, Larissa, Kane, Justin, Josh M, Ivan, Brian, Beefy G, and Alexander. The dancers all waved at the children, some of them saying hello. The children noted that most of them seemed sluggish and their movements exaggerated. Come to the kitchen and I'll get you guys something for Halloween. Yeah. He turned the music back up and the dancing zombies went back to dancing. They passed through the wooden portal leading to the next room, where they could smell cookies. The kitchen was filled with people cooking, drinking, and laughing, and one couple in the corner, locking lips. Guys, what the hell are we doing here? They don't have candy. But they have cookies. They have cookies, Josh, and I want some of them. These wonderful souls are baking some cookies. Cosmic, Lisa, John, and Bernadette. The four, smattered with flour and egg, waved at the group of children. These guys are uh, helping supervise the cooking. J-Hole, Gilbeezy, and Dan W. Two of the three, introduced, threw up peace signs at the children, while the third shoved a bag of some kind of dried plant into a cupboard quickly. He had a stern look on his face that frightened the children. Here, little dudes, take some cookies with you. They're delicious. The man handed them a bag of five chocolate chip cookies that looked scrumptious. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get you guys out of here so you can get some candy. The group was led out of the house, and as soon as they exited, they ran away from the house as quickly as they could. They took deep breaths of fresh air, relieved to be away from whatever was going on in that house. Hey, what'd you get in there? 
The two walked up to the group and spotted the cookies in one of their hands. He grabbed the bag out of the boy's hands and shoved him to the ground, ripping his costume. The two boys ripped open the bags and began to chomp the cookies, stuffing them in their faces until the cookies were all gone. Guess you have nothing now, huh? <laughs> two hours later... The boys' bags were stuffed full of candy. They happily walked along the sidewalk, comparing their candies as they pulled a few out and ate them, fueling their drive to get more. Hey, what's that? The group walked towards a yard and spotted the two bullies dazed in a yard, unable to walk. The bullies tried talking, but their speech was incoherent. Just then... A vehicle pulled up, and a woman jumped out of her SUV. What the hell are you doing in the grass? I did not make that costume so you could lay in the grass. The woman, with a struggle, got the two boys up and loaded them into her SUV. As she was about to drive off, one of the boys ran up to the vehicle to get her attention. The woman cracked open her window. Excuse me, miss. They dropped their candy. The boy had picked up their bag of candy and attempted to hand it to her. Keep it. These boys are in a world of trouble. And that's the end of... I could I cannot figure out how to end the, the thing, so that's the end right there. First off, I want to say that gagging noise... Um, <laughs> compares nothing to the visuals of watching Josh do that was sublime. So thank you for doing that, Josh. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. Not every day we get a good Josh gag. No, we so. do not. But um, it's my new ringtone. Second, second, and more importantly, I want to thank you to say thank you to all the patrons um, who have supported us through this this year. Uh, it's been a very troubling year for everyone involved and the fact that you guys continue to support us is amazing um i wanted to do a longer skit because the last few um i haven't we, we tried different things and i missed putting a lot of work into a fun script to uh show thanks to you guys so thank you guys very much for supporting us both all in being active in the discord um, giving us poll questions so far this year, uh, participating in the polls and the question of the week, um, financially supporting us. Everything that you guys do means the world to us. So seriously, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. um, it's very, very much appreciated. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I want to thank Rich for being here from New York, Shay from being here from Japan, Josh being here from Michigan. Of course, I am here from Montana. And we will see you next week for an all-new chart. McRib is back, baby! Such fun sauce.